Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. I love when I do a big sniffle right in the middle of our, our talk show introduction. Well, Very were, we, were we once talking about our top 10 Scorsese films and we referenced um, Neil Young, who needed a little sniffle? Oh, yeah. And, uh, the Last Waltz. The Last Waltz, right. Absolutely. He, uh, he needed a little sniffle and he didn't do one, and so they had to give him a little sniffle digitally enhanced. Digitally enhanced. So, How you doing, kids? Welcome to another Saturday night episode of Just Talking to the Cornfield. Uh, I'm Earl, and uh, my uh, fancy, fancy partner here is uh, the Colonel. Hey, hey. I, um, I don't know why. I don't know why I decided to be fancy tonight, but I just figured we'd be <laughs> fancy. So I threw, I threw on, I threw on a, a tuxedo, and uh, you know, I'm drinking champagne, and we're gonna be fancy. Hmm. Did I seem a little grumpy about a minute ago? You did. Yeah. What happened? So I went to. You were asking me before. Um, what's my what am I drinking tonight? Mm-hmm. Are you doing the usual? And which would be a looking, white Russian. Right, and I was looking forward to it all day. So, but well, what'd you run? What'd you run out of? Some asshole finished the vodka. <laughs> no way to talk about your son. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, there's no way to talk about your daughter. The the, the asshole who finished the vodka was me. Was you? I know it was it was me. you. I mean, I, I'm thinking if you're going to be talking about an asshole in that, in that household, who else so, is going to be? So uh, the, uh, the no, it, it just really, really pissed me off because all I wanted was so I, I just I forgot I've got no vodka. I don't know what the hell to do, so I'm drinking freaking water. Okay. No, it's not okay. (gasps) Ooh, spice box. I'll be right back. i got to go get my spice box. Keep talking. You got some. (laughs) Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. We've actually got somebody named Big Mike 15 calling in. Oh, boy. Do you have any idea who that is? No, I don't. Well, let's bring him on, and uh, I'll be quick with the mute button just in case. How about that? And, uh, Big Mike 15, uh-huh. how are you? I like sucking cock. Oh, yeah. Fuck me, big boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just this a little bit. No, yeah, I, 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 I want to... Pretty much our demographic like, right there. What exactly do you like about it? <laughs> I hung up on... He hung up already. Really? So so apparently he just, uh, he just came in to say that he likes sucking cock, and he likes it a lot. I think I could have turned that into a segment. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm a little disappointed he's gone as quickly as he, you know. Big Mike, please call back. We'll deal with that, Big Mike. Um, I just actually want to um, rectify something that happened last week that we did not cover last week. 
uh-huh. uh, I had mentioned it in the program notes, and and in the, we were supposed to talk about Prince, and we didn't really yeah. even talk about. It. So uh, we haven't we haven't discussed you and I um, his passing uh, last week, and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it because we're the same age. Um, Prince was, I, I mean, Prince's music was was like it or not was a big part of our generation's life. Yeah. Um, whether you, whether you, like I said, whether you liked his music or not. And uh, right. I just wanted to know, I want, I was curious about you. Do you, did you, did you enjoy Prince's music? Do you, I know that you were a fan of his guitar work. Uh, you're, you, you, you play guitar yourself. So uh, you knew what a good guitarist he was. Um, but his music itself and his cultural impact, uh, what did you think about that? Um, well, my, my introduction to, to Prince, obviously, was the same as most people, um, in which you either saw him on Saturday Night Live, you know, when he was into his, uh, I don't know what type of music to call it, it was uh, very visceral, sexual, you know, yeah. undertones, Little Red Corvette was about women's, you know, whatever. And uh, and Purple Rain, I thought it was a ridiculously narcissistic uh, um, way of actually coming out um, until I realized that son of a bitch played every single instrument on that friggin' album. Yeah. And, and I was like, wait, what? And uh, then I realized he was 24 or so, or 23, yeah. when, and, I, and I was like, oh, my God, he's pretty damn talented and and I tried really, really hard to to ignore um the uh the persona. I, I guess I don't know what, what word to use to describe it. But Yeah, I think, well I think he was just being himself, you know. The uh, difference I, I don't, I don't my... think there was a lot of, I don't think there was a lot of artifice with, with, with Prince. I think Prince was a cocky, confident dude. Uh very sexual, very um but also weird and quiet and 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 you know odd, uh, just you know uh, you know bending roles and 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 uh, and you know shifting cultural perception of what a rock star should be, you know. Right, but do you remember Hooper X from uh, from uh, Chasing Amy? Do I remember what? Hooper X from Chasing Amy. Oh, sure. The the the, uh, the 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 black guy who who uh, right, right. the gay guy right. who was who had to act you know right. militant militant white, tough but white was, white hating coon that was the name of his right, comic right, book right right but uh but you know he was he was a black gay man notoriously the swishiest of the bunch right and what he said is I got enough problems being a minority and a minority of a minority and and uh, and that was a pretty interesting line because Prince was a minority and he was a Five foot two, he was a short guy, and so so he made up for it with, you know, with uh, attitude. And I think what I loved about him was everything I didn't love about Michael Jackson, in which Michael Jackson went downhill consistently. Prince right. seemed to go uphill consistently. Yeah. Every yeah. time he did something, it just elevated him, and that's rare. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, we were in college when the two of us were in college when uh, when uh, Purple Rain came out. Right. And 
I know there's a bunch of movies that you've seen in the theater more than once because you worked in a movie theater when you were younger. But uh, <laughs> you know to actually go and see a film, uh, Purple Rain is one of the very few movies that I've seen twice in the theater. And um, just because, you know, it was, it was you were kind of blown away by it. It was kind of... I'm a huge uh, fan of The Who. It, it, it almost felt a little like uh, like Quadrophenia, you know, that, you know, kind of looked into the artist's life growing up and right. and, and, and everything. Um, the soundtrack, the album, Purple Rain, uh, was just on a constant loop that year in college. You know, you heard it everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the douchebags who thought "Darling Nikki" was was the funniest song in the world because you know, talking about a girl masturbating with a magazine. You know, uh, you know, it's um, it was just such a great album, uh, and and Gia listened to the entire thing. Yeah, I listened to it the the entire thing, um, and I'd forgotten so many of the songs on that album that I that I that I that I loved and. Uh, and and then you know we listened to Sign of the Times and you know some some of his other other albums, um, kind of is is a is it was a beast of the '80s for me, um, mm-hmm. you know 1999 Little Red Corvette you know Purple Rain, uh, Sign of the Times. <clears throat> After that, kind of became a memory for for me. Uh, I, I didn't really continue to follow his new music. And certainly he kept putting it out, and and he also kept recording stuff that he never will put out, never put out, that uh, never will be put out. Yeah. Um, kept, you know, Kevin Smith's got some great stories about that. But um, it, I, I don't. Know, to me, it's it, it, it's somebody that I that I almost fondly remember. At, you know, from my I wouldn't say formative years. I you know I was I was in my teens and and in my early twenties. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that. Even though this is a baseball show that we decided we're going to, um, uh, <laughs> Casey, that's Casey's yar. Hey, Casey. Uh, um, that uh, uh, we're talking about something as 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 worldly as, as Prince, but it's the funny thing is people for years and years and years tried to make fun of him as being the um, what's the word when you're um, and, androgynous. Right, you yeah. know, per- performer, and when he came out, and you sent me a video of it, but I had seen it obviously when he came out and did the uh, "While My Guitar Gently Sleeps" solo. Gently weeps, yeah. Of, uh, right, you think of ever at the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame? Yeah, that was at the 2004 uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for George Harrison. I think as a solo artist, and uh, or it was right after he passed, and it was just a uh, a, a tribute to him. It had George Harrison's son. Uh, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, a bunch of the guys from the Traveling Wilburys. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he pretty much left everybody in the dust and kind of did it knowingly. And, and, and right. Yeah, and everybody was just having a good time with it. You know? And m- most people who I know didn't know Prince, you know, actually played guitar, much less played flawless. Yeah. Flawless, yeah. Flawless and and well, there's a uh, there's a uh, uh, a quote attributed to Eric Clapton. I'm not sure if it's if it's real or not, but uh, supposedly somebody asked 
one time I asked Eric Clapton uh, what it felt like to be the greatest guitarist in the world, and he said, I don't know. You should ask Prince. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's I, I like and like I said, uh, it's something that I saw. I mean, I had heard about it years ago, um, and, and it's something that I've seen since since Prince passed last week. But uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if it's absolutely true or not. But you can, you can, see, you can see Eric Clapton saying something like that. Though. He always well, Eric Clapton always downplayed his you know his uh, you know his places you know you know a guitar god. Well. Um... I forget what mag. I think it might have been Rolling Stone. They listed the top uh, um, hundred guitarists of all time. Yeah, I forget. Prince I forget was left what, off. Yeah, he 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 was left off. And then there was another magazine that, and they just you don't realize how how talented he actually was. Oh, well, it's uh, because you know he didn't perform guitar rock. Right. And and a lot of these guys, that's all they think of. You know. Right. You know, they think of guitar rock. But you know, you but you hear, you know, the uh, you know some of the guitar solos and some of his songs, and you're like, wow, dude can play. Uh, or you know, you look at that, you look at that video from the 2004 uh, Hall of Fame, or uh, Super Bowl from you know the year after the Janet Jackson Gate. You know, uh, dude can roll. You know. Yeah, yeah, and um, when I. Uh... I forget. Oh God, I forget the moment. Um, they they showed it uh, this week, uh, the Saturday Night Live. I forget what it was. It was the the fortieth anniversary party. Did Did you see mm. that that video? Yeah, yeah. Right, and and it's like you could just see everyone just looked at him as as being I don't want to say just just a, like a king, like royalty. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, and I, the thing I love the most about him is he just kept getting more and more popular, more and more respect, more and more respectable, you know, while other yeah. people just go go downhill. You know, you mentioned that you mentioned that great line about uh, Eric Clapton, but right. you know, you know the you know the line about when they asked Paul McCartney what's it like to be a Beatle. You know the line he what he said back. No. I don't know what's it like to not be. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, he's like, I have no idea. What's it like to not be a Beatle? I can't explain it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just great shit. But I'm really, I'm really glad you're, uh, you're, uh, you're into this. Yeah, no, uh, it's funny because you know Prince always had uh, one of the things that I've uh, that I've watched uh, a number of times since he passed was uh, were you a fan of the Chappelle Show? Oh my god! Are you going to talk about the basketball game? Blast yeah, Charlie, Mur- <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Murphy stories. Oh. Um, those were some of my favorite um, skits on the Chappelle Show, when Charlie Murphy would tell stories. You know, and, you know, and Charlie Murphy lived these lived these stories, and you know, he's right. telling them basically without any comedic beats, just telling the story as it happened when he met Rick James, when you know, you know, and when he met and when he met Prince. Right. And and uh, it's funny because they captured, you know, certain things. You know, there was always something about Prince. Like, you know, it always seemed like Prince knew something he didn't know. Like, maybe he was fucking your girlfriend and you just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, 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 guess five wants to know what the topic is 
tonight's show is politics, religion, Red Sox versus Yankees. Isn't that isn't that all the same thing? Politics, religion, Red Sox versus Yankees. <laughs> uh, all the same True. thing. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to wrap up talking about Prince here in a moment, but we're going to we're we're going to talk about uh, holy shit moments in baseball. Uh, we're going to do uh, we're going to continue with our movie uh, baseball connection with uh, we have a fun little game lined up with with that. And we're going to do some trivia. And we're going to talk about split notes. But uh, El Scott uh, is sitting at a bar outside of City Field, and he's going to be calling in. Who is El Scott? Is sitting oh, okay. at a bar outside City Field. He's going to be he's going to be calling in. He's at some place called McFadden's. Okay. You yeah, know I don't I don't really know. I, I've never I haven't been to City Field yet, and I don't know the area around. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I don't know. It was just it was it was a uh, it, it was a sad moment. You know, we're starting to get a lot of these. You know, these uh, these celebrities, musical geniuses, uh, you know, in our lifetime that are, that are passing away. And it's just kind of sad. Yeah. I, the, the, they actually were, somebody forwarded Bruce Springsteen opening with purple rain. Yeah. At the nature. I couldn't listen to it. It's just, oh. I just could. And I, there were a lot of guys there, there, you know, I guess, uh, I, I don't know if, 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 if that's, if that's an easy song to pick up, but, uh, but, uh, do, do you know who the band Slipknot is? Of course. Okay. Uh, Slipknot, the lead singer Slipknot did a did a solo show in Westbury the night that uh, that Prince died, and and he opened up with uh, with Purple Rain as well too. Um, Corey, uh, I forget it's Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor. Yeah. Corey Taylor. I'm surprised. I didn't know that you were a Slipknot fan. Uh, well, I, I well, he's also involved in a bunch of other different projects, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, but uh, there there's a couple Slipknot songs that, I, that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Any, anything with power and anything with uh, like I'm, you know like I'm not going to be a fan of the insane clown posse, you know. <laughs> but no. anything anything with talent, I'll uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll listen to. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So um, do you want to just uh, go into our twib notes or uh, this week in baseball notes? Jeez, there is so much, so much to talk about. Oh so much God. to talk about. I'll let you start. I'll let you start, and I'll see if you want to go uh, to the big story of the week. Um, well, let's see. We, you can do the big story. The things that I noticed this week is the Mets didn't lose, and the Dodgers didn't win once this week. Neither, um, neither did neither did the Yankees. The Yankees didn't win this week. What's that? No, the Yankees have not won since our last our last discussion. Oh, ouch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> they're booty. Right now. And uh, yeah, and um, I uh, I saw David Ortiz yesterday. Did the uh, did something? He hit the home run for the sick kid in the hospital. Yeah, if you, if you caught that. Yeah. So, well, did you see? Is, did you see what happened before that though? No, what? Well, um, all right. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's a kid. Uh, I, I believe he's from Texas, um, and his father passed away from from cancer. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. One of the things that uh, that he wanted to do was was take his son to see you know his favorite player David Ortiz. Never got a chance to do it. Uh, passed away, and um, the Red Sox uh, brought this kid to to Fenway uh, to to see them play. And he came out, met uh, David Ortiz. 
before the game and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and it was, you know, it was a good moment, good moment, n- nice moment for the kid. Well, David Ortiz, right before the game starts, calls our Alex Rodriguez over and tells him about it. Because, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're friends, but, you know, they're, they're friendly in real life. And, uh, and he tells Alex Ortiz, uh, Alex Rodriguez. So Alex Rodriguez goes over and says hi to the kid. And, and the kid asks Alex Rodriguez for his bat. And A-Rod, A-Rod laughs, and he says, well, you know, and this is right before his bat. He goes, well, if I, if I hit a home run, I'll, I'll give you the bat. And A-Rod, A-Rod hit a home run. Okay. And, okay. And immediately goes to the clubhouse kid. He's like, you know, bring, bring me the bat. And he walks over. Leans it up against the fence. Tell, tells the security guy, and he goes, "That's for him." And he, and he walks walks into the dugout. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then David Ortiz oh. obviously hit a home run later in the game. Uh, uh, I don't know if he had promised the kid he would hit a home run, but uh, but uh, uh, it's it still still was a pretty cool moment. And you know, I'm a Yankee fan, but you know, whatever. I I I got on it. Like when I when I saw the. Uh, the video of, of, of A-Rod walking over to, you know, to give his bat to the kid. I was, I was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. that if A-Rod got, got a hit off of the bat, he would never give it away. <laughs> but, uh, right. Well, hit a home run, told the kid. Tell you what, if yeah. I hit a home run, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, guess what? He's dreamy. He is. And uh, and Brody Brody's in the house as well. Welcome, Killer B. Oh, Mr. B. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was that was a pretty cool moment, you know. So. Definitely better than some of the other moments that have happened this week. It, it's just, I, you know, we talked. I talked about how this is probably the most fun I've had in a baseball season since I'm going to say it since the '80s. Since wow. the, the yeah, since the mid to late '80s, you know, up until the time Sosha hit a home run when the Mets were in the playoffs in '88, you know. Right. I was like, when Sosha hit that home run in the playoffs, to, you know, against the Mets, it, you know, and the Mets were going to go to the World Series again, that, that, you know, it's just been downhill since then, and it's finally on the big uptick. Right. Everything, well, everything I, I, I've, I've definitely had some, some, some fun before that, but uh, I can say well, right. I've had fun, but, I mean, now everything to me is fun. They had a Kershaw-Stanton matchup, and sure enough, Stanton hit the home run off Kershaw. You know, it's like everything yeah. is being set up. And it's sort of happening. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, it's like it's like the game has been cleansed. You know, the Cubs are winning, which right. is awesome. You know, and it's just everything is interesting. Everything that even the little things that you projected, like the Orioles are going to hit a shit ton of home runs. Well, they're hitting a shit ton of home runs. Uh, they've already hit over four, they've already hit over forty. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Everything pretty, the pitchers pretty crazy. Are awesome. Other than Granky, the pitchers who are supposed to be good are good. Arietta's yeah. good. You know, it, it's just, it, you know, Mike Trout is now hitting 300 again. All these things. Hopper's doing well. It's really, really interesting and exciting again. So, Did you just say Arietta is good? Oh, great. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. But he's not, the, he's not, but there is a pitcher in baseball who's pitching better than Arietta. Kenta Maeda? Better than that. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, Jordan Zimmerman, uh, Matt, Matt Latos. That's correct. Oh, okay, yeah. Jeter. Yes, Matt Harvey is not doing well yet. Neither is Greggy. Okay, I understand. Right. Yes, but have you seen Jordan Zimmerman? Oh yeah, He's, we talked about him last week. 
I, well, I, I talked about him last week. Historically, I didn't realize he was doing great again this year. Oh, yeah. He's he's absolutely amazing. No, no, we talked about how good he was this year. I mean, as through last week, he hadn't given up a run yet, you know. He had that, uh, that infinity uh, um, ERA plus number in, in, on, uh, on, uh, on baseball reference. Hey, M- uh, Mike, uh, you're, you're Earl. Mike, who has, tell me who has Zimmerman in our league. I, 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 I don't remember who has him. It's a strat thing, sorry. Uh, okay. So, so uh, but, oh, my God, I looked at his number today, KC. Oh, KC. <laughs> He's up, KC's in the roof. Look at that. Guess right. Yar. Yar. Uh, wow. But, but uh, other twib notes that I had, um, I got to watch him catch and hit three home runs the other day like he was in batting practice. Who? Uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, this, uh, whoever this little 25-year-old Cuban is that the that St. Louis got completely under the radar, you know, is uh, – what, what, can you say his name? Because I can't remember his name. T.S. T.S. Yeah, I can pronounce that. No, no <laughs> the first name. <laughs> no, fuck, Al- fuck no. No, no, I can't pronounce it. Alignus or something, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I looked. I looked uh, Almidas, Almidas or something. I don't know. I don't know. Right, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't even he, he wasn't even supposed to play this year because they had Johnny Peralta and yeah, um, um, the guy I think Ruben Ruben Tejada, right? And, and both those guys and, got hurt. And and Jake Giorco, who they also had. Um, right, but Giorco is now. Uh, Giorco, they had. Play? Yeah, I think they have him playing second base. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So yeah. this this kid who you know is, is the lowest. I, mean, I I didn't even know he was from Cuba. Um, he he's seventy one at bats, having four twenty three. Oh yeah, um, insane. And only four strikeouts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty damn in, impressive. Um, I should I should have had him on the over under. Yeah. <laughs> Does he hit over 400? Imagine if he did. If he did hit 400, just a, just for the fuck of it. If he did. Sure. Would it uh, would it be a big deal like this if George Brett or uh, had hit 400 that year? Absolutely. It would. Absolutely. Anybody, anybody. Scooter Jeanette approaching 400. Anybody. By the way, Scooter Jeanette was having... Pretty pretty fantastic year until he got hurt, but uh, but I you know I just you know just because his name is Scooter is, is why, why why I picked his name. But anybody anybody approaching 400 would would be uh, to me a huge story, and would be a huge national story, regardless you, of who it is. You know who had the highest batting average since Ted Williams hit uh, 406? Um, was it Tony Gwynn? Very good. Okay, a lot of people forget Tony Gwynn hit uh, 94. Hit three ninety four and ninety four in a strike shortened season. Well, actually, yeah. they stopped the season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three ninety four. Yeah. Say so. Um, I don't. Know, maybe he would have hit four hundred, but I remember uh, Brett flirting. I remember Carew flirting at three eighty eight, and uh, yep. and then he hit uh, three ninety four, and they stopped the season. But uh, yep. so if he hits if he hits four hundred, it would Paul, be Paul O'Neill hitting hitting in the high three seventies at the towards the end of uh towards the end of that one season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's I I think it would be a huge story no matter who who did it. Just like if anybody 
if you know um uh just i'm trying to trying to think of some some uh some some anybody kind kind of player uh approached uh dimaggio's pitch streak it would become a huge story Molitor when he hit forty one or something. yeah no i'm not Molitor was Molitor was a super, you know was 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 star i'm talking i'm i'm saying no matter who it was if it was anybody okay so so this brings up another question Okay, what's the one thing you don't do in a no-hitter in the ninth inning when you're, when you're batting? Bunt. Right, right. You, they've, if you can master bunting, you can hit 400. If you, sure. If, if well, you, well, I mean, you know, they say that there were some, some, you know, some players were, you know, the best bunters of all time and, you know, Phil Rizzuto and whatnot. They, they didn't approach 400, but... Uh, uh, you look at a guy like Billy Hamilton or <laughs> D. Gordon, um, and, and you say if they just put the ball on the ground every single time, right? They they could hit four hundred. Or you know, right? You know, you, know, you thought of that, you thought that about Ichiro. But how often? So, did you, you know, how often did you, did you see Ichiro? You know, a bunt. You did, but you know, not not that often. No, not that often. But I guess my question is why. Uh, bunt ain't sexy, man. What? Bunt ain't sexy. I mean, I think I, I, I think bunting for a hit is. I, th- I I think the whole. I think there's been a negative connotation with bunting. Just you know the sacrifice. But I think bunting for a hit is definitely a lost art form. And okay. I'd love to see somebody, somebody come up and and figure that shit out. All right. There, there was a guy. Um, <laughs> Your son. I wouldn't call it hitting. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was a guy that the Cubs had in the mid '90s. He was a backup infielder. Uh, I think his name was Charlie Haney, or I, I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Haney was his last name. He hit about he hit about 125 in about 50 at bats. The next year, in about 100 at-bats, he hit 400. The year after that, in 100 at-bats, he hit about 100 and was out of the game. Right. Okay, and, and, and I remember watching this guy this guy hit, and you look and like some people just, I mean, the guy couldn't hit 100, couldn't hit 150, couldn't hit the Mendoza line. And right. then one season, for some strange reason, he comes up, and he got about 100 at-bats, and he hit over 400. And it just, like, you could just see a guy who was just locked in, you know. And I, and I remember this, and I, and, I, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be, you know, the next whoever the hell it was at, at the time. And I just think that there are so many records that won't be broken, but I think somebody could hit 400 if that was, they had the manager that allowed him to do it, and if that was his goal for the season, what do you think? Oh, I think somebody could hit could hit four hundred. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I mean, especially, and, and I'm not even talking about, um, you know, uh, necessarily a punch and Judy hitter. You know, um, right. you know, if, if you just if you just look in recent years at at uh, at some of the batting average leaders. That, that have that have you know that that have been out there. Not all of them are punching you. I mean, last year was was Steve Gordon. Oh, we keep talking about that guy. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what's gonna. 
Maybe Who? we'll talk about him. Maybe we'll talk about him in a little uh, in a little while. Um, but you know, you've 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 had guys like uh, like uh, you know Justin Morneau, and uh, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not saying he was you know three nineteen, but you right. you've had guys like. Hanley Ramirez, who weren't wasn't a punch punch and duty hitter, or right. or uh, Miguel Cabrera, you know, four times in the past six years has been the uh, batting champ. Joe Maurer, three sixty five, you know, Magli Ordonez, three sixty three, you know, That's you've had those Chipper guys. Jones, three sixty four in two thousand and eight. I mean, you know, you you you've got got if <clears throat> to go from three sixty four to four four thousand to four hundred, it seems to be like a Herculean Herculean feat. Herculean, 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 Herculean. Uh, but uh, I love spice. Uh, just an extra gork, an extra ground ball, ground ball with eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned four guys, none of which have any speed whatsoever. Right. So you get a guy with that type of plate discipline, that type of uh, hand-eye coordination, that type of fast speed, that type of of strength, and you add in you know, uh, home to first speed and, uh, and, um, like the thing with trout. Yeah. I mean, you only need a couple of, you know, a few extra hits, you know, a month, uh, and you can do that with your legs. But, uh, you know, we, we really haven't seen as many punch and Judy hitters, you know, uh, leading the league recently is, is all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, you know, Jose Altuve a couple of years, just D Gordon uh, the year before Jose Reyes, you know, you, 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 they've definitely sprinkled in, you know, Ichiro, you know, back in the 200s, 2000s. But, you know, you, you also had a lot of Cargos and Barry Bonds and Albert Pujols and, you know, Mickey Cabrera and Josh Hamilton. You know, you know, it's it's it, it's a different – I mean, I, I think there have always been power hitters that, that have put up big – Ted Williams himself, he wasn't a fast guy. No. Right? No, you, no, but I, in fact, he, he was not. He – he 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 ran very funny looking. But why are you bringing up Ted Williams about? Because uh, he I mean, you can't compare anyone to Ted Williams. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you know, no, I'm just saying because he's the last guy that hit 400. That's that, that's the only right. reason why. why yeah. <laughs> but like a guy a guy like Trout, he just strikes out too much. In fact, he made it. He made a point this year to try to strike out a lot less. And yeah. he, and he is and and he is. He's he's on pace for the lowest strikeout total of his career. And it's still going to be like 120. Yeah, he's still, that's exactly right. It's still going to be 120 strikeouts. You know? So, uh, I, I'm like, but that's what I fucking mean. This is, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Alice Miss, whatever the heck his name is, but it's something. It's still a small sample size, and we'll see what happens, you know? I mean, the guy's not going to continue hitting four, 400 plus, you know? It just doesn't happen. But, you know, it'd be a great story if it did happen. Guy who was third on the third on the totem pole at shortstop for 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 uh, for the Cardinals and and you know leading the National League in hitting right now. We we have we have a controversial statement in uh, in, in in the room. Speaking of uh, a batting champions, the, the National League batting champion last year, D. Gordon, and right. Mr. B. Mr. B says, "I am tired of baseball reporters saying Gordon's contract should be voided as he is ripping off the Marlins by doing roids and getting a five-year, fifty million dollar contract." Melky was leading the National League in batting, got suspended for steroids, became a free agent, and got two years, $16 million. If he had been busted before he signed, he would still have received a big contract from someone. Right. Comment? Since this is the big news of the week. Yeah, 
it's the big news of the week. And, uh, you know, D. Gordon got an 80-game suspension for testing positive for two substances, including testosterone and blah, 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 all. Whatever. I can never remember what those steroids are called. So it's always got a right. little ozol at the end. Right, right. Um, um, all right. Well, let's just talk about it first, and then we'll talk about, you know, contracts and what, you know, and what should happen and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um, there have been two major league players uh, busted this year. Chris Colabello, who was a great story, and we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and uh, D. Gordon. Both of them tested positive in spring training. Right. So they have been playing out during the appeals process. So I'm not sure when in spring training each each one of them got popped. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know exactly what the timing. Uh, but let's just say D. Gordon was playing against the Dodgers the night before, the night of that that his suspension was was announced, and he drove in the tying run and scored the winning run. And sometime shortly after the game, it was announced that uh, that he'd be serving an 80 games 80 games suspension. Which seems hugely unfair if you're a <laughs> if you're a Dodgers fan, you know. Uh huh. Um, but uh, but whatever. Um, there's certainly going to be a, there's a lot of there's a, a, everybody's going to be talking about Don Mattingly's con, uh, comments in spring training. Um, you know when he got down there, you know he he coached D Gordon in uh, in, in L A. And he said, uh, you know, he was 145 pounds soaking wet. But you look at him now; he's gained some. He's gained some strength. He's more powerful. He looks like, you know, he was a boy in in Los Angeles. He looks like a man now. Apparently, he was up to like, you know, 165, 170, mm-hmm. which is still pretty pretty damn small. Yeah. Quotees uh, <laughs> sponsored by Quotees. Uh, <laughs> is that what Alex is saying? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> that's um, got to be walking close. What I was wondering, and, and uh, you know, I could be totally wrong on this, but but I told you that I suspected that we may see at least a handful of more major league suspensions coming through from positive tests that happen in spring training. Uh, maybe guys that are playing out there appeals right right now. We don't know. No, I, I mean nobody. You know, these guys weren't obligated to tell anybody. Maybe they told their teammates. Maybe they didn't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Bell publicly stated that he wants to get to the bottom of you know exactly what happened because he's you know convinced of his of his innocence. D. Gordon kind of went a different way and said um, he's not sure what he ingested. Um, he just you know he didn't see. Fucking Ortiz just in another goddamn home run against the Yankees. I can't wait for this guy to retire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway, um, um, what what I was saying was was you know you know I, there's always the cheaters are always going to be ahead of the testers with ways around it. You know, and there's got to be some kind of confidence level that these guys have that they're not going to get popped if they're still taking, like I said last week or the week before, you know, steroids that, uh, you know, the East German women's, uh, you know, oh, yeah. weightlifting, okay. weightlifting team was taking back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so there's got to be some kind of confidence in the masking agents or whatever they're doing to get around it. And maybe now at least this part of, part of the testing has caught up with them. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, you know, I, um, I, I just think that, that it's, it's certainly something that could, that could be coming down the pike. What do you think about that? There, I think that there, there's so much money that these baseball players make right now and you're you're making potentially making fifteen twenty million dollars a year. You got a guy working in a lab making fifty sixty five thousand dollars a year, who can sort of help you know if the newest thing you're taking is going to pass the tests. You know, it, the players are always going to be ahead because that's where um, that that's that's where the I mean it's that's where the incentive the money is. Right, right, and and I forget who it was. I was watching MLB Network, and one of the players was actually defending. They said it is impossible to play this game with the energy that it is unless you want guys to play 125 games a season. You, these guys to do this as an athlete, you have no idea how hard it is to play a night game and then play a day game the next day, and to play 155 games over 165 days. You know, in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the season, it goes. It is absolutely physically impossible. So back in the day when they had amphetamines, you know, and, and that's that was, why they did it, and, right? And so, the, right. so what you're go, so the, what you're going to see is the pitchers are going to continue to excel because they rest, and the hitters right. will start to play. They'll start to get worse and worse and worse. You know, especially the ones who were 28, especially the ones who were in their thirties. In their decline phase. Right, right. So you're going to start, and, to, and you're going to see guys who, I mean, look at, I hate to use the example, of Pujols fell off a fucking cliff. I'm not saying he did anything before that because he's a big body right. guy. But there's a lot. But that was generally how players aged back yep. in the olden days. Yep. That's you know, you look at right. you look at these at some of these Hall of Famers, and you're like, right. wow, what happened to him after he turned 32? Right. Right. You know? Right. Right. But yeah. Look at you know Frank Robinson when he hit 34. You know. Yeah. He, you know he still hit home runs, but you know he. he never it was very rare home. for a guy like right. Hank Aaron, who was consistently excellent until his late 30s. Right. You know. Not that so, he wasn't taking. Not that he wasn't taking greenies. Right. But but it's it's just so you're going to see such a decline. You're not going to see these guys. Um. Uh, you get so unless you see unless you want players. To be at their best. Well, I agree and disagree. I mean, I mean, I can see, I can see what you're saying, but I also think nutrition and conditioning is so much better now than it than it used to be. That you can make up for a, a lot of that with that. You know, legal supplements is what I'm talking about. Um, um, I mean, just so much stuff. I mean, you know, you know, back in the olden days, you know, guys. Eyesight deteriorated. Now they can now they can have you know uh, laser surgery, LASIK surgery on their eyes. You know, yeah, that's true. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of things that 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 happen that can keep um, keep players going at at, at a top level. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it seems like one. Of, unfortunately, it seems like one of those seems to be performing enhancing drugs. Right, but what what the guy what the guy in the show was was saying is that there's nothing you you physically cannot. Who was it, Mark DeRosa? Uh, you know, I, 
I'm not sure if it was DeRosa because he's not controversial like that. I'm not sure who. Sometimes he'll throw out something a little controversial like that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, no, it, it wasn't him. It might have been Eric. Um, uh, who's the guy who used to play for the Diamondbacks? Who's always talking about how he never. Oh God. Finley. Moppy hair. No, 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 no. Eric Burns. Eric oh, Burns. Eric Burns. Yeah. Who, who, by the way, I, I just freaking love listening to Eric Burns. I think oh, yeah, no, he's, he's great. He's high energy. He's he's very interesting. Right, right, right. I think he's just, he's, he's you know. He's, he's one of those guys that, like, uh, uh, you, you, you kind of look at a, a guy like Hunter Pence. You think Hunter Pence probably might have a career after baseball just talking about baseball and being weird, kind of like Eric Burns. <laughs> I, re- I saw a great video of Eric Burns. I know we're just vamping and going on and on, and on but Eric Burns actually had a video that he put on, on you know, somehow, and he went, went to go play, uh, um, oh, Jesus, I forget where he was playing. He was on the Diamondbacks. Oh, no, he was on the A's. Nope, nope, he was on the Diamondbacks, and he went to go play somewhere, and he went to check in, and, and the security guard didn't believe he was a baseball player just because of the way he looked, you know, right. you know with his, and and he had to actually whip out his major league baseball player, made, you know, ID to prove that he actually played baseball. And he's like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "That's funny." He had to open up his wallet and go, "Look." <laughs> he's like, "All right, go ahead, bro." Oh uh, God! And he had such a good sense of humor about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as far as D. Gordon, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not going to get sanctimonious about it. I, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, they should board his contract. It's bullshit, you know. Um, you know, he signed a contract. You know, it's it's up to just because he looked like, you know, he was built like a 12-year-old girl. Uh, you know, you know, if, if you don't take the time to vet the guy about what he's taken or what he's not taken, it's on you, you know. And the guy is serving an 80-game suspension. He's not getting paid during that time, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Marlins are saying actually all the right things. They're like, you know, he's a big part of our team. He's a big part of our future plans. We can't wait until he comes back, you know. Um, I'm sure they've got to be disappointed, but, you know, they're saying the, they're saying the right things, you know. Um, uh, here's, here's the deal. And, you know, you can have all the hand-wringing you want from guys like Justin Verlander who want, you know, stiffer fines and tougher things, you know. A, it's either working, and we're seeing that the steroid testing is working by guys like D. Gordon getting getting hit, uh, or B, it's not working, and there are a lot more players out there taking performance-enhancing drugs, and they're getting away with it, and we're just starting to see testing maybe maybe start to catch up with that. I don't know what to believe. Uh, you know, I, I tend to try to be a little bit more optimistic about it. Uh, it seems like there are a lot more players out there that are outspoken about, about, um, uh, PED usage. But, um, I, I, you know, honestly, the D Gordon thing goes to show you, you never know, you know, you you never know. I, I, you know, I'm not going to take that and say, you know, every 150 pound, uh, player out there is, is taking, is taking steroids, but. You never know, and I think they're doing the best job that they can right now. And do I think eighty games the first time around is too sufficient? Yeah, I think I think it is. Ask Jenry Mejia. <laughs> yeah, right, he, he's banned for life. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure he would. Yeah, he was banned three times in twelve months, so uh, you know, he was yeah. fucking wacko. 
But uh yeah, I uh um I don't uh I don't like to actually uh see um see this uh and um see this happen. But uh but there's nothing you can do about it. I I don't know. It, it's it's I, I guess it is what it is. It is what um, it is. Yeah, uh, you know, um, is it a perfect system? No, not yet. I think they're. I think it's better than most other sports. You know. Yeah. So, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was sad. It was sad to I, see. I just wish it would be over with. Yeah, but as long as you have, like I said, trainers and personnel out there that think that they have a way around it, I think that you're going to have somebody that's that's that, that's willing to take the risk. You know? And I didn't really count D. Gordon as being a superstar, even though he had led the league in stolen bases. And batting. And, and batting. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe I should have, you know? Yeah, well, you see, what, what I'm worried about is uh, uh, Chris Colabella was having a terrible start to the season. D. Gordon right. wasn't having a very good start to the season. So you know that they were busted and they were playing knowing that they were busted because it happened at spring training. Right. You know, and, and Verlander was, uh, you know, made a big stink about, you know, how could these guys play while they're under suspension and right. you know, while they're being... But that's, what the pro- that's what the process is. That's what right. the Players Association has agreed to, you know? Okay. Imagine, imagine, the, imagine if the Tigers actually uh, go through... Um, go through and uh, Miggy Cabrera actually gets suspended for for use and he appeals it and then they say, oh, look at that, uh, you were, uh, you know, you weren't on it, it was a mistake, sorry, our bad, right. you know, and, you're, and and he had sat for 25, 30 games. Right, right, yeah. It's the process. Yeah. Oh, the Yankees um, really suck. Wow. Well, oh, that actually wound up being a foul ball, so... Yeah. But, uh, it was, yeah, there, oh, actually, the, the, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the, there was another question, since we're still in the Twib Note category, that came up. Um, Jared Diamond, uh, sports writer, actually had a question that he posed on Twitter today that I wanted to ask you. It's in the Twib Note section, and what you just said was a great foray into it. They said that they were in the, they were in the press box at Yankee Stadium and, okay. they, and somebody said, you know, how many of these Yankee starters, meaning the, the you know the fielders, the um, uh, the position players, could actually start for the Mets right now? Oof. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and it stopped the room apparently. <laughs> Jesus. Go around uh, the horn. Could could uh, Ellsbury would Ellsbury start? Uh, I don't think so. Beltran. Wait, wait, who's center field for uh oh that's what it is. Um Beltran over who's played in right field for, for the Mets? You a former uh you know uh Branders, Branders. I right, thought I thought right. Branderson might have been playing left. Uh right. who's playing left field? Michael Conforto. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Right. And David Wright's actually having a better better start than Chase Headley. Uh, right. and uh, uh, Cabrera over D D Gregorius. Uh, Neil Walker. Neil Walker, eight home runs. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably, probably just Brian McCann. 
That's exactly what they said. That's yeah. right. That's that's exactly what they said. But uh, you know, wow, what a what a freaking job Sandy Alderson's done. Yeah, it's pretty 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 crazy. And uh I'm trying not to get too disappointed in the Yankees, uh, you know, mm-hmm. still considering that it's early and every team's gonna have a bad month. I just just ha- hate when it happens in, in April, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So that, uh, that was exactly what they said. They said McCann and maybe to share for defense, you know, and maybe you know, yeah, maybe but that's it. Share's gonna ask at the plate though. Oh God. Anyway, let's all right, let's move on. What do we have anything else in Twib Notes we want to talk about? Uh the 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 uh, no, nothing significant. No. Nope. All right, so let's move on to trivia. Uh I've got one that we've actually done in some form or another on on, right. on the show before. But I figured right. you know, we're both old and we're gonna forget it. So uh mm. so I figured <laughs> <laughs> Way to pull punches. Um, okay. You know, we've, we've done it in, in, this in a different form, but there have been eight players that have hit 40 or more home runs after they turn 40. I'm sure you can name six or seven of them pretty quickly. Um, Bonds obviously hit. Yep. Uh, it, it was obviously. Yes, Bond, Bonds, Bonds has, has 59. Wait, what did you say? 40 or more home runs. In no, their career, think? after they turned forty. Okay. Um, Bonds hit fifty nine after his fortieth birthday. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Daryl Evans. Daryl Evans, yes. Uh, Carlton he's, Fisk. He's, he's second on the list with a uh, sixty seven. Carl, Carlton Fisk. First on the list with seventy seventy three or seventy two. Uh. Fuck me. Uh, oh, oh, God. Um, oh, God. Winfield? Winfield. Very good. Winfield is is, is fourth on the list. Uh, or, you know, actually geez. tied with uh, Bonds at 59. Uh, will he Stargell? No, I don't think so. Not Stargell, no. Um, is this the question, by the way? What's that? Is this the question, by the way? This is, yeah. Oh, oh, God. Um, uh, God, players who pit if they're uh, 40. Uh, holy shit. Okay, so what did I get so far? I got Bonds, Evans, Winfield. Fisk and Winfield. Yeah, there's four, there's four more. Four more. Um, you, you, got, you, got the t- you got the top four as well, too, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 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 Musial? Musial is seventh on the list with 46. Um, God, it, it gets harder as I get, as it it's, it gets older. Um, Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski, correct. He's uh, sixth on the list to forty-eight. So you're missing the guy who's, number, who's fifth on the list, and you're missing the guy who's eighth on the list. Um, how about uh? Yes, Evan. We're talking about uh, players that have had 40 or more home runs in their career after their 40th birthday. There have been eight guys, and uh, the Colonel's gotten six out of the eight so far. Uh, one, of them, about, one of the two remaining is kind of easy, and the other one is uh, a little surprising. Um, how about, uh, did, I, did I say Stoffel? You said no. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of old fuckers. Is Ortiz one of them? Is that a tricky thing? No. <laughs> okay. Um, guys who played late. Guys who played late. Uh, Eddie Murray? Not Eddie Murray, no. Guys who played when they were old. Holy shit. Um... Oh boy! Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what guess I'm thinking. Do you saying on a limb, Eric Davis? I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to count Eric Davis because Eric Davis was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He was. Uh, he was. That's yeah, right. He did not quite. Um, oh, he did not quite last until his 40s, though. So. That was Jim Tomey. He he was in. No, he didn't play two beats into his 40s. No. Yeah. Guys who played old. Um. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You said one of them is easy. Yeah, I mentioned. I mentioned him earlier in the show as a guy that was the exception to the rule of playing well into his late forty, late thirties. Ah, shit. Um, and I got stuck. Um, Willie McCovey. No. Damn it. Uh, I'm gonna need hints. Oh, oh, Harold Baines. Not Harold Baines. No. Oh shit. Um, I'm going down the list of the top. Nope, he retired in the 40. Okay. Um, when do I start getting hints? <laughs> um, I'll give you an e- I'll give you a hint for the easy one. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> you don't consider Barry Bonds to have broken his record. Mar- oh, Hank Aaron. Oh my God. Hank Aaron. Yeah. Oh my God. How can I forget Hank Aaron? Yeah, and if you're in the, if you're not in the room, guess uh, six actually just got the last one. I'm um, not in the room. I'm not the last room. one hit 53 home runs after. I'm sorry. Yeah, 53 home runs after he turned 40. He did it with four different teams: the Yankees, the Mariners, the Angels, and the Royals. Can I get a decade? <laughs> sure. Okay. This. this. This decade? Yes. Yankees, Dodgers, you said? He might have played with the Yankees. He played with the Yankees at the end of the last decade, but... Okay. Um, What are the teams? Yankees, Mariners, Angels, and Royals. How played for the... Raul Ibanez? Raul Ibanez. That's basically why I asked this question because uh, you know, it's surprising that he's in there, you know, with these other guys. If you hadn't said Kansas City, uh, you wouldn't have got I'm, it. I wouldn't have got it because I remember. Okay. I'm thinking because he was on Kansas City um, the year that they made the World Series, but I don't think he played in the World Series. Two years ago, correct? Right, two years ago. Right. right. Oh my. God, I'm thinking, who was old on the Royals two years ago? I remember Ibanya sitting in the dugout. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he was kind of like, he was kind of like the, uh, you know, the Jeremy Giambi, uh, you know, Cleveland, Kansas City, I mean, uh, Colorado role. You know, the old guy, bench coach, basically. All right, you you know you know uh, the, the answer to that. That's a great question. Oh well, so let's see who's in the uh, Evans, which I got. Eric Davis, mm-hmm. Rose, Bain, Williams, Ed Williams, uh, Ibanya. Someone got Ibanez. That's uh, guess six did, yeah. Right, and uh, and then uh, guess six is who's the oldest player at home run? Well, that's Franco. Julio Franco, Franco, right? Right, right. 
I have uh, I have trivia home run trivia questions for you too if you wish. Okay. There we go. Okay. Okay. Bryce Harper last year led the league in home runs. It was the first time in Expos or Nationals history that someone on that team led the league in home runs. Gary okay. Carter, Ellis Valentine, Andre Dawson, none of them ever led the league in home runs. Okay. There are, there are two teams. I, I got three questions here. There are two teams who have never had anybody led the league in home runs, starting with 1962 when expansion kicked in. Okay. Can you name those teams? The, Ast- the Astros. That's such an asshole. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you got it. That, that was the hard one. But, okay. uh, right. Uh, the easy yeah. one. Jesus. I'm trying to think if the Mets. Uh, I think Did Kingman, someone say the Mets? Mets? No, three Mets have led the league in home runs. Howard yeah, Johnson, King- Strawberry, and Kingman. Okay. Uh, Howard Johnson did, huh? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so I'm disappointed in you. That's the you. What do Alex Rodriguez, Sheffield, Rusty Stop, and Ty Cobb have in common? I know that one. Do you? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm not in the chat room. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. So two, one other. That's the hard one. The Astros. That was the hard one, huh? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Um, Padres, I'm trying to think. Did anybody ever do it for the Padres? Um, Padres. Did anybody ever do it for the Padres? Fred, Fred McGriff led the league in home runs for the Padres. That was my guess. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, has anybody led the league from the diamond? I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Goldschmidt did it just a couple of years ago. That is correct. Um. Definitely not the Marlins. I'm pretty sure uh, Stanton did a couple of years ago. Uh, it's, not, it's not Milwaukee. They've had Prince Fielder. They've had probably Norman Thomas back in the day. They've had six uh, guys lead the league in home runs. Okay. So, so that would be more then. Right. Um, is it an American League team? No, if yes, American yes, it is an American League team. Oh, the Royals. The Royals, that's correct. The Royals are the easy yeah. one. They never had anyone yeah. lead the league in home runs. But they still haven't had anybody have more than 36, Steve Balboni. Yeah, yeah. But the Astros, yeah. I thought between, I don't know, Hidalgo that one season and Berkman and Bagwell. Yeah, but you got to think they were doing that all during the steroid era when yeah. when, uh, when when other guys were you know, yep. going nuts. The, the next question that I have is, what team since 1962 – has had a player lead the league in home runs the most. Now, I'm not saying which player. Which team has had a player? Yeah. Uh, since 19 when? Since 1962. Since 1962, which which team has had a player lead the league in home runs the most? I guess the easy thing would be to say the Yankees, but it's not the Yankees. Uh, it is not the Yankees by far. The yeah. Yankees only far. have five. Yeah. Um, this team has had 11 times. Hmm. Since 62. Yes. Um, and it's not, it wouldn't be the Astros or the Royals. 
sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, God, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's got to be animal. Wow, this, this is great. So both both people in the room guessed the same team, and they're unfortunately they're both wrong. But um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it's an American League team. It is not. Well, that was my crazy Ivan right there. I was just trying to trying to get a fifty fifty uh fifty fifty thing. All right. Schmidt led a bunch to Philadelphia. Then <laughs> we've had Ryan Howard. You you got it. Okay. It's it's, it's, it. it's Philadelphia? Right, right. Most, most I think also think, Jim Jim Tomei did for them as well. That's correct. Right. Most yeah. people would think it was San Francisco because they've had Mays, McCovey, Mitchell, Matt Williams, Barry Bonds, but the answer is actually Philly. Philly, when Mike Schmidt led the league eight times. Wow. Howard probably twice. Twice. And maybe That's right. Tomei once. That's right. Eleven okay. times. So the next question, and this will be the last question, is yeah. which, te- which team has had the most different players lead the league in home runs since 1962? The team has had seven different players lead the league in home runs. Imagine okay. that. Wow. Um. Good guess, guess seven. Uh on the uh on the other question. Uh seven different players. He had Pujols and McGuire on the it was a good guess for guess seven. But uh, see one team has had seven different players. Wow. Yeah, Milwaukee had six. This team had seven. Since since what year? 1962. Hmm. I'm going to go... I'm going to crazy island and do the National League again. No, it is not. Uh -uh. I was going to guess the Giants because I could have someone like Bonds, Matt Williams... Mays, McCovey. Giants have had five. This team Kevin has Mitchell. seven. Uh, he's had seven. Um, Toronto had a bunch. Has had a bunch. I don't think they had seven, though. Uh, Texas has had a couple. Oakland? Can say go. McGuire. No, no, I'm not going to be Oakland. Just talking out loud here. I'm going to guess Detroit. Um, no. No, 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 no. Boston. That is correct. So I'm thinking Jim Rice, Tony Armas back in, this, back in the late 70s, early 80s. I think, Dar- I think even Dwight Evans led, led one year. It is Boston. Uh, Can you name the seven? <laughs> all right, so I just named three. Uh, Dwight Evans. Right. Uh, Armas, Jim Rice. Did you just say Armas? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Pretty good. Because <laughs> uh, I remember Armis led the league for two different teams. I believe he led for Oakland and and and, that, and Boston. That, that's right. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Big Poppy, Manny Ramirez. Right. That's uh, five. One's a Hall of Famer. Oh yes. Right. And Kenny Gliaro? Fucking, you're a goddamn god. <laughs> that is correct. Tony Caniglia. I'm a golden god. All right, I'm jumping back, jump back in the chat room. 
Oh, God, Jeter. Jeter just said, take a look at the basketball game. San Antonio is winning 93-60 to 60 against OKC. Jesus, they just... Oof. Okay, for those who follow basketball, that is good. Seven different balls. Yeah, with uh, I don't really follow them, but with uh, Steph Curry being being injured the way he is, I'm 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 thinking this is San Antonio's year again. Okay. Yep. So get seven. Said uh, I was thinking Boston next. Well, very very good. That's right. it for trivia. All right. So let's jump into that's that was fun. Um, let's mention. Okay, so. We got a couple things that we want to do that, uh, for the rest of the show. We're going to talk about. Last week we had a couple. Of, we talked about some holy shit moments uh, being right. uh, uh, Yastel Puig's throw on the tri- on the would be triple, uh, cashing the guy at third base, uh, right. and uh, J- Jacoby Ellsbury stealing home uh, mm-hmm. out of the blue, out of the fucking blue. Um, and we and we were going to talk this week about, like, the greatest throws ever. But I've been seeing a lot of that shit online since, you know, this year especially because of, you know, uh, Aaron Hicks and, and, and Puig. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to take it into a different tack. And each one of us are going to come up with our top five holy shit moments in baseball. Right. And what defines a holy shit moment? It could be anything that you want it to be, but uh, but for me personally, and you can say what it is for you, to me it's something that I watched live that I didn't see on replay uh, uh, um, uh, or or what. Uh, I, and okay. so for that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, the ball going between Bill Buckner's legs wouldn't count for me because I was I was passed out by the time that, that, that had happened. I was so upset at... at uh, the Red Sox and the uh, Mets playing in the uh, in the um, in, in the World Series that uh, me and a buddy of mine, you know, we were in college. We just decided to get a 175 wild turkey and just drink until we passed out. I think I think I'm the, like the only huge baseball fan in the world that wasn't watching that game when when it happened. Yeah. Um. <laughs> six. My holy shit! Moment. Holy shit! That's a fucking guy. <laughs> what? He knows a little bit about the crying game, apparently. Oh. <laughs> that's a fucking guy. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, I also personally can't incl- include uh, Kirk Gibson's, uh, you know, shot in the uh, yep. in the World Series because I'm not sure if I was watching that live or not. I don't, I don't remember. I just really don't. So yeah. I'm going to include only the ones that 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 that, that, I, that I remember. And I want to start, if you don't mind. Because I'm going to pick one, and because it, it's something that we talked about as you know, was this a holy shit moment? And uh, I'm going to mention uh, Jeter's flip throw to uh, to to get Jeremy Giambi out of the plate in the 2001 uh, ALDS game three. Are you doing this in order, by the way? No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, no okay. kind of order. Uh, I, I'm, okay. I'm just picking this one first to get it out of the way because I think we both kind of talked about it. And I just wanted to get it uh, get it out of the way, but uh, I was in um, I was in East Hampton that night. Uh, I was seeing a uh, a uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett uh, benefit concert at a place called Guild Hall. Maybe about 250 people. It was my second year in a row going to see it. Um, it was in October, obviously, uh, you know, uh, late October of of 2001 uh, after uh, 9/11. And uh, I was out there with uh, somebody pre-Gia. 
and uh, and she had gotten sick at, at the show and had to go back to the hotel. So we left the hotel. We left the show. I, I brought her. Back, I got her back to the hotel, and we were staying at at a place, you know, fancy place out in East Hampton called the Palms. And, uh, and instead of going back to the show, which was going to be ending in about 15, 20 minutes, uh, I, uh, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go down to the bar, I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to watch the Yankee. And literally by myself at a bar in East Hampton, a uh, hotel bar in East Hampton, uh, watching that. And when it happened, I'm literally looking around for someone to hug or ha- high five. <laughs> right. Couldn't I couldn't believe what I just saw? Uh, okay, so just getting back to what defines defines a holy shit moment for me. It's 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 something that gets you jumping out off your seat and and uh, and and, and, and almost literally just yelling holy shit. And you know you can't believe what you just saw. That was one of them. It's certainly one of the most dissected plays of, of all time. You know, was he actually safe? What the fuck was Jeter doing over there? You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's just an insane play. And, and I don't know if you were watching that live when it happened, but uh, yeah, it's on my it's on my list. It's number one. It's the greatest play number, in major league history that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, 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 and and, and I picked it first because, like I said, I know I picked five, and I know that you. The studious student that you are right. went up much deeper than me, I and you probably. And so, just in case, all five that I picked are on your list, right? Um, <laughs> you have backups, so okay. uh, so so that's that's the first one I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's number one on my list. Just, I mean, it, it was the greatest play. I've ever seen in major league history because I've seen guys like they show the Ozzy Smith play when, you know, when he was a yeah. year to second yeah. year, grab ball, the shortstop, he's diving mid air, the ball hits a rock and pops up. He lifts his bare hand up, grabs the grabs ball. Grabs it. Throws, throws, throws a strike to first base. Throw, right. Throws the guy out. They say that's the greatest. Jim Edmonds catch running backwards. diving. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, great, great catch. Um, Gary Matthews Jr. You know, climbing the wall, spinning backwards, catching the ball. Yep. You know, which, which was basically like a, you know, I mean. But most of those, most of those I wind up seeing on SportsCenter, you know, or but or in some form of highlight reel. What I what I think about that is that's just athleticism. What Jeter yeah. did was athleticism plus genius. Yeah. I have never in I I probably watched four thousand baseball games in my life or parts of games. I have never seen a shortstop standing there, ever, yeah. ever. ever, ever, ever on that kind of play. What right. the fuck was he doing over there? Ever, and he wasn't yeah. standing. He was on a right. full run. Right. He was on a and full he, run. Right. The you know the, the throw missed the, the, the cutoff man, and he just yeah. was in the right place at the right time, and, fl- and and just caught it and flipped it to you know right. to Posada in the same in right. same. Just crazy. And I and I, and he was actually running, and I, and I just my mind could not grasp what I was watching because it was like, you know, it just yeah. I mean, it, let's not talk about any of them, but 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 the people in the chat room are coming up with some with some great ones, just in case we decide to use any of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. This is uh, yeah. This is yo, Mr. B. Oh, that was great. That was great. Okay. Okay, so I'm so, but the thing is, I'm going to stick to the criteria that you have to see it live. Right. Okay. okay great. Okay. 
So what I'm going to talk about as my holy shit moment, and you didn't say it, but the, the criteria that we have in in all of our philosophies is you know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. Right. You know when you see it. Okay. Mine was um, because now you have the baseball package, but back in the day you didn't have the baseball package. You know, if you had a baseball game on, you know, it was on ESPN and you got to watch one game. Right. Okay. And there was a game that was on. It was Boston-Seattle. It was 1997, uh, July of 1997. Um, uh, Mo Vaughn was facing Randy Johnson. And and Randy Johnson, he used to hit Mo Vaughn a lot. So uh, <laughs> he, he used to hit him a lot. And, uh, you know, Mo Vaughn was, you know, legendarily a nice person, you know, what he does now, he tries to help people, he builds homes and shit, whatever, but but You're starting to break out break up you're starting to break up a little bit, just so I don't know if you're if other people are hearing that. Is that all right? Am I better? Yeah, a little better. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Mo Vaughn, nineteen ninety seven against Randy Johnson. In the in the game before, uh um back in April when Randy Johnson played uh for Seattle and was pitching and this was at Randy Johnson's heyday. He hit Mo Vaughn. Okay, right. and, and he hit him. That would probably but, hurt. Yeah. Even a guy moving one size. Right. So, mobile one comes in July. First at bat, on a 3-2 count, Randy Johnson hits him again. Okay. Okay, and Vaughn goes to first. Okay, later in the game, um, uh, forget what the score was. It really didn't matter. Mo Vaughn came in. And uh, Garcia Parra was on first. And I saw something I had never seen before. I saw a guy who said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, my will is going to beat your will. And Randy Johnson was just, just a freak of a physical talent. And Mogon dug in and I, he just, I had never seen anything like it. And I wish I had a video of the event. But he just was like, you motherfucker, I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to do everything I can here. And he had the most intense concentration I had ever seen on a major leaguer. He just said, no matter what, I'm going to get you here. And he ended up hitting a 2-2 home run, you know, which is not something Johnson did very often against a left-hander. But against left-hander, yeah. <laughs> right. I remember, and, you know, Mo Vaughn got hit, hit earlier in the game, and he dug in, and he was like, you son of a! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna win this right here, right now. I don't care. And to me, that was a holy shit moment. Sure. You know, and yeah. and it's difficult to share because you had to see it. But let me tell you what happened. I mean, so that was a holy shit moment in my you know in my baseball experience because I have never seen it before and I have never seen it since. A guy with that level of intensity, with that level of concentration, he says, "No matter what, I'm just not gonna lose this." And he actually hit a home run. It was just phenomenal. Wow. Long long story short, this is these are Mo Vaughn's next at bats over over his career versus Randy Johnson. Strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging, hit by pitch, strikeout looking, strikeout swinging, strikeout looking, strikeout looking, single to right field, strikeout looking, strikeout swinging, strikeout singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Randy, a guy like Randy Johnson wasn't really in his wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Mobile did that at bat was enough for him. Wow. And, and it's just amazing. In his in, in the next fifteen at bats that he had against him, a thirteen at bats, he struck him out twelve times. 
Wow. You know, and, and it was just it was just amazing. So that that I don't know if that you know if that means anything to you, but that was my holy shit moment. And somehow I got to get a video of it. It's uh, funny. Uh, um, you know, you talked about how you know prior to the baseball package, you know, it was generally what was on the you know the game of the week or you know ESPN or whatever. But uh, in some way or form, a New York team is involved in all five of my holy shit moments. <laughs> In some okay. way or form. In some way or form. And that's because... Okay. So I'm going to go back uh, uh, to 2002. There was a game in May of 2002. The Yankees were playing um, uh, uh, the Minnesota Twins. Um, the Yankees were, were off to a little bit of a slow start that year. Um, but in this game, they, they happened to take the early lead. And they were up 8-3. to three. Uh, They wound up giving up six runs over the next next few innings after they 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 took that lead and they were they were down nine nine eight. Um, Bernie Williams tied it in the uh, in, in the ninth inning, uh, so it went to extra innings. Wound up going to fourteen innings and uh, pouring rain uh, by the time the fourteenth inning. They just, at this point, this was like an epic battle. Um, the Twins actually scored three times in the top of the 14th. Okay. And you're like, this game's fucking over. I mean, you know, Yankees up 8-3, to three, Twins come back, score, you know, score six runs, Bernie Williams ties it in the ninth. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a crazy game. Uh, <laughs> except, in the pouring rain, the Yankees somehow managed to load the bases in the bottom of the 14th. And up comes Jason Giambi who was in his first year with the Yankees and hadn't really had his Yankee signature moment yet at that point. But in the pouring rain, in the bottom of the 14th inning against the Twins, down three runs, the very first pitch he sees, fucking crushes a grand slam up into the oh. upper deck of... Yeah. And that game, I had gone out uh, that evening and was uh, I had dinner with a buddy of mine. I was watching the game. Uh, we started watching the game at one bar. I was watching another one. I was working at home the next day, so I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not going home. My buddy, my buddy leaves. I'm, I left him a message after Giambi hit that home run. Okay. He played it for me the next day, and he said, "You sounded like a little kid." He, he said I was. He said I was screaming. I'm like, so what? I fucking believe the game. Chase Johnson in a grand slam, first pitch, pouring rain. Holy shit! This is the most incredible game I've ever seen. <laughs> Just like, like, like an absolute kid, and I was, you know, 35. What, yeah. uh, <laughs> when it, when it happened, but uh, uh, always will be one of. The, and you know, I mean, you could just, you could just type in. Yeah, uh, Jason Giambi walk off, and it's the first thing uh-huh. that pops up is video video of this uh, of 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 this this game, him hitting the pouring pouring rain in in uh, in uh, in two thousand in, in two thousand and two. It was just just such a great moment, just an uh, awesome moment as a Yankee fan. Uh, I'm actually looking at the box score right now. I, I found it, and I'm looking at the box score. Yeah, Fourteen. Did I get something wrong? A lot of that was from know. memory, by the way. Not wow, not at all. You know who was the uh, starting first baseman for Minnesota that game? For Minnesota, yeah, two thousand and two. Couldn't have still been Kirk. Couldn't have still been Herbeck. No, uh, no, no. He 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 had a home run against the Yankees. Oh, Jim Tomei. Jim Tomei. No, 
No, no, no, no. He was no, in Cleveland no. at that point. Yeah, Cleveland, sorry. Um, he hit a home run tonight, tonight off of the Yankees. Oh, David Ortiz, thank God. David Ortiz was the, was the starting first baseman. Uh, back, back when he only played against right-handed, right-handed pitching. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, because, uh, you know, the Yankees, I guess they brought in, um, I don't know who they brought in. Oh, God, look at that. But, yeah, the, uh, but David Ortiz was the starting first baseman. Wow. wow. All right, so uh, your number, number, your second one is up. I'm, you know, like I said, but these aren't in any real order. Oh, right. Um, uh, the, uh, let's see, so is it, okay, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it, where's my list? Okay. Um, one of mine was actually, um, again, the rest of mine are all New York as well, uh, was actually against the Yankees. Um, I have a video of it, um, but uh, of all the great arms you've seen, who's got the greatest arm that, that you've ever seen? I'm talking in terms of raw power. You know, like Ankiel has great power and accuracy. Like, is Puig the greatest time you've ever seen? Is it, uh, oh, you mean like as an outfielder? As an outfielder, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, there was a guy on the Expos that had a great arm. Um, Ellis Valentine? Yeah, Ellis Valentine had a great arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, obviously, Dave Parker, Ichiro. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, greatest... I've, I've seen a bunch of guys, done. but uh, Itro was always always seemed to throw ropes. Yes, yes. In fact, one of the guys in the guest seven talked about line drives. The, you know, the classic Itro right field, the third base line drive. Right. Um, the guy to me who had the greatest time, and we're talking about holy shit moments, um, was uh, Jesse Barfield against the against the Yankees when Jesse Barfield was on was on Toronto. Sure. Yeah. And he wound up on the Yankees afterwards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And led the league in home runs one year. And he actually hit somebody. Jesse Barfield had a phenomenal arm. I mean, I don't know if anyone's all, anyone remembers, but he. Sure. Hit a, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah. So, somebody hit a ball um, to uh, to the warning track, uh, and Barfield caught the ball in the warning track and threw a strike. So I'm like, Forget Dave Parker. Dave Parker had momentum catching the ball, running forward, right. and throwing the guy out of the All-Star game. Forget yeah. Yasiel Puig hitting through. This guy threw from the warning track. On his heels. Home plate. Yeah. What's that? On his heels. Back on his heels. Right. Not, not, not with forward momentum. Yeah. And threw a guy out of the plate, um, you know, tagging up. And I remember gasping. I gasped. When I saw it, it was. I do, you remember, do you remember the, the play? And you know who he was, who, who he threw out. Well, I, I mean, I, I know, it, I know, it wasn't, uh, you know, a speed demon. You know, it, it, it wasn't one of the, you know, fast guys. I don't remember who he threw out, threw out, but I remember I was actually playing strat because it was a long, long time ago at a friend's house, and he had the game on Channel Eleven. Yankee games were on Channel Eleven against Toronto, and uh, and it was I, – I, I, I have been trying to look for this video ever since, and I can't find it. But someone will tell oh, you. Oh, damn. And, uh, and he, uh, he threw from the warning track to home plate. I've never seen anything like it. 
And uh, so, so since since this started off talking about best arms, um, you know, that was definitely something you thought of, right? That's what I thought of. So I have I have video of Barfield throwing, but uh, it's not so it's not that play. video, yeah. right? So I'll, I'll it's just, funny because I've got a uh, yeah, I, this isn't one of my moments, but uh, but in something similar, uh, in my head, I've got I've I've got the Yankees playing against the Red Sox sometime in the seventies. Right. And uh, Jim Rice at third base, and uh, somebody at first base, and I forget exactly who who it was, right. but uh, with one out and a ball up the middle, and Willie Randolph uh, fielding uh, this ground ball up the middle, stepping on second base, and throwing Jim Rice out at home by like ten feet, and uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, what, exactly what year it was or. Or, or or whatnot, but in my mind it was it was always just like this incredible, like holy shit, did that just happen? <laughs> like you know, you know, you know, you you figure you, he made, he went he went with the weird option because it was it was it was first and you know first and third he could have just right. he could have just thrown the guy out at first base yeah uh, for the double play to, to get out of the inning, but but he went home instead. I, I guess his momentum was taken in that way instead of throwing back across his body. Yeah. Um, you know, he just went, wound up going home with it and, and, and it, you know, throwing a perfect throw and getting getting Rice, you know, basically, and, you know, fist standing there and just touching Rice as, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, they're, they're actually talking, Mr. B is talking about Bo Jackson throwing out Harold Reynolds' play. You right, know, yeah. They've seen that. Right and uh, and uh, and Bo Jackson on his on his uh, ESPN thirty and thirty or sixty sixty whatever as Bo Jackson tells a great story about that how he threw how the ball got away he picked it up he threw out Harold Reynolds and Harold Reynolds you know w- you know w- was thrown out and, and he turns around furious saying who threw the you know who threw the uh, um, what, the cutoff throw and, and so they said he threw that from the track. <laughs> Like, he was pissed off. He goes, "What? <laughs> You're not supposed to be able yeah. to do that." <laughs> I think Reynolds, part part of Reynolds, still believes that he was safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. But he yeah. he said he was so curious because who threw? Because he like he couldn't believe it. He goes, "Who threw the cutoff?" He goes, "No, nah, he threw that from the track." we're we're up to me, right? Right, 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 right. Okay, so my my third that. one is uh, we're gonna go back uh, to when we were kids. And uh, I couldn't include a holy shit shit moment without talking about Reggie Jackson in game in uh, <coughs> sorry um, game six of the uh, nineteen nineteen seventy seven uh, World Series against the Dodgers. Holy fuck! Uh, oh, damn. Um, and and, and sure, the whole game was was just a whole, holy shit. Um, yeah. He actually homered uh, in his last at bat of, of game five. He walked in his first at bat. Of game six, never never swung never swung the bat. Four pitches out of the strike zone, walked on four pitches. <clears throat> so his first home run wasn't until the second his his second plate appearance, um, um, which I, I, I've forgotten that. Um, much as I've forgotten who he hit the first two home runs off. Um, but that third home run, I remember Charlie Charlie Huff came in, not the ball pitcher. Yeah, for, Elias uh, Sosa was one of the pitchers he had a home run. Well, yeah, Sosa. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Del Grau, Elias Sosa, and Charlie Huff. 
Okay, right. It was. Um, so Charlie Huff came in for that for that third one, and I just remember visibly shaking, like like just like holy shit, what is he going to do here? What is you know? And I don't think what you know at the time that I realized that he had hit the first two on the first pitch. Yeah, right. But Charlie Huff, totally mixing it up, knuckleball pitcher, comes in. Bullets went in there, and Reggie destroys it. I think that's the one he he hit into the black. Right. Yep. Yep. It was like he was becoming more superhuman with every every swing. You know, um, back in the day, players didn't hit baseballs into the black at Yankee Stadium. That was the uh, you know the old uh, old Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know the the batter's eye. The um, line, right? You know, you you know, you know, there was a time before the nineties when you could count on, you know, two hands the number of the number of people or the number of you know, home runs that had landed in the black. Yeah. Um and then I saw Mark McGuire do it like twice in one game, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh Fuck that guy. <laughs> but I but I remember I was I hadn't quite uh I hadn't turned eleven yet, so I was still ten. When when, uh, yeah. when 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 this uh, when this World Series was happening, right. seventy seven, and uh, I just remember fucking. Well, I don't I don't think I was ever sitting down during during that during that uh, when he came to to the plate, but uh, but I just remember jumping up and down and just being being. You know, like I still can't believe that he was able to do what he did in that game, and you know, like I said, if you go back to the previous game. Basically, four consecutive swings in a World Series. This guy fucking hit a home run. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. He um, the the best part about that for Jackson was it was the eighth inning of the last game of the, of the season. It was the last time the Yankees batted that year because the Dodgers. It, that was the eighth inning when he hit his third home run, yep. and he. And the world has six months to do nothing but talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If it happened in game four, that's great. But because it happened in game six, you know, uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Five home runs in the World Series, three in game. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, the reason I, did, I have a hard time doing this is because I knew you were going to come up with stuff that I hadn't even thought of. So you didn't even think of that. And it's funny. I can bring it down to the exact moment, too. And actually, I'm going to have one of them where I don't have a specific moment, but uh, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a moment that lasted. So anyway, you go on with your third now. Oh, well, um, my third um, was uh, – geez, I don't know if I want to do this in order. You know what? I'm just going to get this one out of the way. This is my second one. And I'm not even going to talk about it too much because it's already been talked about so much. The 1986 Mets comeback, Game Six. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I had to put that on the list somewhere. If um, every, if, if I had been, you know, not passed out, I, it probably would be on my list. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I saw that, and I remember sitting still without moving for 20 straight minutes. And I was at that point, it, I was a I was a Mets fan to the point where it was painful to me, and I wasn't really a big Mets fan growing up. But it was painful to me to watch them lose that game. And I was so upset. 
and, uh, and of course they didn't lose the game. But um, to, to me, I, I'm not a very religious person, but there's no way in the world that should have happened. No way no. in the world that should have happened. So, but no. that had to make my list. I don't want to talk about it too much because everybody already knows what happened. But sure. that's yeah. my that's my that's, I had to put it on the list. All right. Well, my next one is actually a, a, a Mets moment as well. Um, this one I have to be. It was summer. I started dating Gia. Right. I started seeing Gia. It was uh, well. I guess then into the fall. Um, it was the 2006 uh, National League Championship Series, uh, Game Seven. Uh, Mets are playing um, the Cardinals. It's the game that that famously ended with Carlos Beltran not swinging at a pitch from well, Adam Wainwright. Uh, Adam Wainwright, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. But do you remember what happened previously in that game? No, because I because what happened at the end was such a. See, I think what happened previously, actually, I remember this game more for what happened previously than what happened there. And I'm talking about Andy Chavez's catch. Oh, that's on Russ's list. That's okay. Yeah. I didn't know that was that game. Yeah. Russ, yeah. Russ wrote me that there, he had two of them, and that was his number one. Yeah. That, I was I was at uh, the bar that Gia worked at, Canterbury Elf, and the big, big-time Met, you know, the owner was a Met fan. Everybody who worked there were Met fans, you know. Uh, except for Gia, uh, but she was, you know, a New York fan. So she, she, but anyway, I'm watching this game, and I just remember, like I've hardly ever seen a bar restaurant react when he caught that, and they had these two little shitty TVs. They didn't even have any good TVs that you can watch the game. They had these two little shitty TVs. I just remember the place exploding. I mean, it was just—it was just one of one of the most ridiculous catches. I—I I mean, to this day that I've ever seen. But but the moment in time that it happened and the importance of the game, regardless of what happened, you know, later, it, it, it's just mind-boggling. You know, there are a bunch of catches that are like that. Um, you know, uh, uh, the catch at the end of Mark Burley's, uh, you know, uh, perfect game. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, things like that, uh, of that magnitude. But to me, that Andy Chavez game was, Jesus, amazing. Absolutely amazing. He's still living off of that. What's that? Uh, He's still living off of that. Oh, is he? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, name name another thing Andy Chavez ever did. (laughs) Nothing, nothing. But I mean, you know, you... I I was... uh, you were talking about the '77 World Series, but do you remember um, Brian Doyle from the '78 World Series, the second baseman? Who, right? Not at all. No, I'm just Come on. Kidding. Oh, yeah. right, Brian yeah. Doyle. Yeah, Willie, Willie Randolph had gotten hurt, so Brian Doyle, who is a guy that nobody had ever heard of before or since, right. um, had you know the World Series of his life. You know, what I mean, right. just... I'm watching this TV show uh, Billions, and they were talking about be my Brian Doyle, be my Brian Doyle, and I was right. like. Who's Brian Doyle? And I had to explain, you know, Brian Doyle, you know, and showed what he did. You know, he had like 460 and won the MVP of the World Series. And, yeah. you know, he, he never hit, you know, 180 ever again. But uh, right. but everybody knows Brian Doyle for the rest of his life. And Brian Doyle, Brian yep. Doyle. Um, 
And uh, Dave didn't... from Blogography just joined us. Welcome, oh, Dave. Oh, and we're a little, you know, you know, as, as we're winding down the show. But no, we still have one more topic to go. So uh, we'll just uh, we'll just say Saltalamakia. <laughs> well, by, well, by the way, um, uh, if, if there was ever a year to uh, to be a fan of Saltalamakia, it's, it's this year. He's the top scoring, year. at least in fantasy wise. He's the top scoring catcher in baseball. Right, you got a 700 slugging percentage, so yes, that's this is a good year for. And some people th- still think McCann's going to have the starting job when he comes back. Oh, James McCann? Oh, yeah. No, 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 that's um, So uh, Russ had two of them. I'm just going to talk about. I mean, my number one, because I'm going to skip on my number one was the Jeter playoff toss. So I'm going to like uh, I'm going to skip over that. Um, well, you still have two more to go. Yeah, well, one of them is the Jeter playoff toss, so I'm going to like okay. pass. But uh, but I'm going to talk about. I just want to rattle off my list of other ones without actually telling you what my number one, my num- what my other one that I didn't. Well, well was. I, I hate for you to do this because I have a number one that you might have picked as well. Oh, okay. Um, so you want me to tell you what my other one is, or skip to number one? No, just tell me what your next one on your list is. Okay. Uh, the the next one, which is the last one that I'll say is something that happened just a couple of years ago. It wasn't a World Series. It wasn't anything dramatic. It was, remember, we said, you know it when you see it. Right. Right? And it, it was it was a holy shit moment. And it was Derek Jeter's last home game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Derek Jeter's last home game. I mean, forget the fact that he was just about the perfect, you know, ball player you know, that, that we'll ever see, you know, top five or six all-time in hits, uh, you know, flawless reputation, great leader. What did he got? Six rings, five rings, you know, right. probably banged everyone you and I know. And, yep. um, and you, in his last game, including, including some, some, no, never mind. Right. <laughs> in the last game of the season, He's actually uh, it's it's uh, against Buck Showalter, who right. was his first manager. Is it is it or was Torrey right. yes. the manager? No, 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 okay. no. Showalter was his first manager. Okay, and Joe Girardi, who was the catcher, uh, was the manager of when and uh, when Jeter came up. Sure. Uh, yep. Playing the Orioles, and it's five to two in the ninth inning, and the game's going to be over, and everyone's going to have a great celebration. And fucking David Robertson comes up and gives up two fucking home runs and three runs, yep. and it's a 5-5 game. And it was – I mean, I will never forgive Stephen Pierce for hitting that home run to tie the game uh, against David Robertson. Just, you know what, just hit a strike. Just strike out. What's it going to do? Big deal. <laughs> but it just really pissed – really, really pissed me off. Um, I think Andrew Jones hit the home run before that, and then and then and remember, I'm not a big Yankee fan, right? But but they they whatever it is. But you were seeing a living legend, a living legend retire. Oh, in our so lifetime, we've had awful. we've had a handful. We've had a handful of those, you know. Oh, it was so awful. Um, and they bring in um, uh, Jose. I forget the guy's last name. He was a you know one of the guys they add at the end of the season. Perella, that name some. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Then they bring in some pinch runner who I I, I don't know who it was, but uh, a, a rookie, Brett Gardner, who 
will always be one of my favorite Yankees just because he he's just good and you know he's fast, he's good, he seems to be a clean player, and I love when he does the muscle thing when they when they do the the Brett Gardner. He's just he's just not pretentious. He's gritty, 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 gutty Brett Gardner. Right. He bunts. Uh, you know, there's no outs. Okay, so he could have swung, he could have, but no. He bunts because you know who's up after Brett Gardner. Right. Derek Jeter. Okay, so he bunts off of uh, some Oriole uh, pitcher. Yeah. Right. And um, and uh, the, the pinch runner goes to second base. Jeter comes up, and I just say to my son, I go, watch the opposite field. He's going to hit it to the opposite field. And I just, you know what, I, 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 it just, there are certain things in baseball you just know. Right. You, know, you know the guy's going to throw a curveball. You know the guy's going to swing at a low and outside pitch. You know Jeff, Jeff Francoeur can't lay off the outside pitches, you know. And and sure enough, uh, Jeter comes up on a 0-0 count <laughs> and hits a ball to the right side. Uh, whoever was the pinch runner scores. And it was, I, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a more perfect ending. Winning oh, on no. his last home game, holy yep. shit. So that's mine. Yeah, that's a good Hopefully, one. That's see. a good one, and, I'm, and 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 I did watch that one. Obviously, I watched that live. Right. But um, I'm going to go with with something that, that Mike actually mentioned in the chat room as my last one. Okay. And this is going to be an extended moment. It just felt like one really big long moment. And I'm talking about uh, you know, what 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 has been popularized now is game. 162 of the 2011 regular season. I had uh, I had the baseball package that year, right. and I was watching baseball that night because there were so many playoff implications that were that that, right. that weren't going to happen on that last day in the American League. Right. And I literally was able to catch everything. Yeah, that that ha- that happened that night. Yes, uh, Boston's collapse uh, against the Orioles. The Yankees and 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 uh, and Tampa Bay. You know, of course, yeah. I'm rooting for the Yankees, but the Yankees are already in the playoffs at that point, and I'm kind of rooting for Tampa Bay to beat the Yankees so that Boston doesn't get in the fucking playoffs. <laughs> but Boston's, of course, got to lose 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 to the Orioles. Right. I remember when uh, Evan Longoria comes up. You know, you know, everybody will talk about the Dan Johnson moment. Right. Uh, who just seems to have huge moments like that over you know over a two or three year period? But uh, I remember Evan Longoria coming up, and I'm sitting on the couch watching all these games, flipping back. I think I had one game on my laptop, one game you know you know one game on a TV. Um, I'm actually positive I did. Yeah, I was watching MLB TV on my laptop, and I was watching uh, I was watching the game on television. And uh, I remember Evan Longoria comes up and. And, and I turned to Gia, and I'm like, I'm like, I think she was reading something. I said, I, I, or on her iPad or something. I said, put down your iPad. She, uh, she goes, why? Uh, I said, because Evan Longoria is about to hit a home run right now, right, right here. <laughs> right. And she, and, and she literally put it down, and he hit. What was it? About a 316 foot home run. Home oh run, God, you know, if, oh, that. <laughs> if that, you know, o- yeah. over the, uh, over the left right. field wall. I think you know, you know, he hit it right at the 315 sign, and he hit it about about a foot over the. Uh, the three, the three fifteen time, um, <laughs> just absolutely, absolutely amazing. 
everything that unfolded, and, and, and literally there's so much that unfolded, it, but it was probably a good 45 minutes. It was a moment that lasted about 45 minutes. Yeah. Longoria, Dan Johnson, and, you know, the Orioles did come back. Uh, it was just, I, I never saw anything like it. I, 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 was, I was jumping up and down in my living room. <laughs> you, know, you know, at 45 or 46 years old, or you know, however, old, however old I was, you know, it was just, uh, it was absolutely insane. You know, this this epic epic collapse the Red Sox had. You know, they they you know, you know they they I think they led the wild card race by nine games at some point in September. And, you know, really, the only question was was it going to be the or the Yankees? Who 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 are going to be the AL East champs, right? You know, and then Tampa Bay storms back and comes just comes back out of, out, of no, out of nowhere on September twenty eighth, you know, two thousand eleven. I mean, it was just it was just crazy. It was just absolutely crazy. Yeah, that that was um, that was probably the day that my son became a a, a real baseball fan, as opposed to just just you know being a fan because I was. Yeah. You know? yeah. And of course they changed baseball rules after that and said, let's let's add a one game playoff to their Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, and I don't think we'll ever see a day like that again, which is which is what's what's what was really truly amazing about that. Right. right. Is, you know, you know, I think if that happened now, Boston would have made the playoffs. It would have been the yeah. second wild card team. You know, and it yeah. would, and none of that and none of that spontaneity and excitement really, really would have mattered. Right. You know. Um uh, you know, there was a game uh, in the World Series that year. I think it was that year. Uh, was that St. Louis year with the, with the David Freeze on in um, the triple? Oh, David yeah, Freeze. Uh, that was that was just an insane like month of baseball, you know. Yes. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that day, like I said, it's hard to, to bring it down into one moment, but it really, to me, felt like one extended moment. You know, just. Uh, it's just one holy shit moment after the other. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then me telling Gia to put to put her iPad down because Lingori was about to hit home run. You know, the only thing about that season that uh, that bummed me out: um, Texas with Nolan Ryan, they were about to win the World Series. Um, yeah. And uh, the Cardinals. Oh God! In, in game Storm six, back. Yeah. In game six, scored two runs. In the ninth, then Rangers scored two in the tenth. That's the David Card- Freeze game. That's right. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Cardinals scored two in the ni- two in the tenth. After that, it, it was just, oh, it was just so bad. I just uh, uh, fuck the Rangers. Who gives, who gives a crap about Nolan Ryan? Fuck the Rangers. Uh, come on, I mean it's exciting. It would have been new blood. Rangers winning the World Series. I know you've got uh, the same problem with uh, with the Cardinals that pretty much most people have with the Yankees. You know they're they're in it all the time. Who gives a crap? Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, all right, so that was my, I still that was my last one. Exactly. Do you have one more? Do you have one more? Yeah, no, I ha- I don't have more. I have I could just read off the list of other ones that didn't make the list, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, let's okay. go through that quickly, and then let's quickly. Then we got to do our movie thing real quick. Right. Right. Uh, the, uh, I'm just gonna read off eight of them. I'm not gonna make a big deal because it's holy shit moments. First time I saw Willie Mays um, hit, playing for the Mets. Uh, first time I saw Hank Aaron playing. Um, okay. Uh, Gibson's walk off. I didn't see, so it wasn't on the list. Nettles defense in I think the '78 World Series when he was sure, just yeah. a freaking god. Yeah. Um, uh, vacuum Ankiel, cleaner, vacuum cleaner at third base. Oh, right, right, right. Rick Ankiel's implosion. 
I was um, at that game. You were? I was at that game. I did not know that. Yeah, against the Mets at uh, at Shea in the uh, playoffs. Yeah. Oh God! Something happened to Rick Ankiel during his warm-ups, and he just he just never got it back. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, painful. It was it. Mets fans felt bad for him. You did you watch the warm-ups or did you did you see this unfold? I didn't. I don't remember the warm-ups, but uh, but I mean, I was there. I was there with uh, the whole Oxford crew. We were, we had like twenty guys at that game. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So that that was that was one that was a holy shit moment. Um, and then Ankiel's comes back with his two throws against Colorado. Uh, if you remember, he yeah. had two runners against Colorado. Um, the Moises Alou injury when his foot dislocated as he was rounding for base. That was a holy. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I do. I didn't see that live. Oh God. <laughs> He's I lying. did see. I did see Cliff Floyd when he played for for Montreal. I was watching that game live when 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 he ran to first base and 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 broke his and broke his ankle. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I yeah. don't remember that one. But Alou, he was sitting on the ground, helpless, with his foot pointing the wrong way, and he, he didn't know what to do. That was like a you know, because I'd never seen a baseball injury like that. I never used to that in football. I never saw a yeah. baseball injury like that. <laughs> Joe Thiessen. Um, but I never saw a baseball injury like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'll so take Joe Thiessen though. Yeah, yeah, football. Um, and then the last one was uh, was Nolan Ryan beating the shit out of Robin Ventura. I think uh, you know guys in the chat room mentioned that as well. Uh, that, oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So so that was uh, so anyway. That's all right. So there there you go. Those those are our our holy shit moments, and maybe we'll revisit that at some point. And we probably can think. I could probably. I mean, off the top of my head, I could probably think of five more. Uh, uh, but those those are, those are my favorites. And like I said, most of them involved New York teams. But you know what are you going to do? You want, you want to explain to Mr. B and uh, Guest Six Seven and uh, and and Dave what what this next thing is? Yeah, we're going to do. We're we, you know we're we're definitely running late today. But uh, but we're going to do uh, every week. We're trying to do something that marries baseball to film. Two of our two of our big loves, our big passions. Uh, besides you know barbecue and barbecue and bourbon. Um, and uh, what we've been doing is uh, every other week we've been recasting, uh, you know, beloved mo- movies with uh, with uh, major league with baseball personalities and associated blah blah blah. Uh, we we're, we decided we were only do that every other week um, and try to come up with something new uh, in between. This week we're taking we're going to take a look and we're going to see if this works. It, may, it might not work. Um, I don't know. Uh, we're going to take a look at the National League East, and we're going to take every team in the National League East, and and based upon the traits of that team, whether historical or current, however you want to do it, uh, we're going to pick a film that embodies that team, that team's personality, that team's uh, characteristics. And like you said, it could be anything. It could be over their career. It could it could be over their history. It could be it could be the current team. Yeah, however you want to do it. And we're gonna we're, we're not gonna be as critical of each other as we were with uh, the casting to say who won. I think we're both gonna come up with great stuff, and it's just gonna be different. And if we happen to come up with the same movie right. for any of these teams, right. We might just have to stop doing the show altogether. Because <laughs> like, the, like the Mark Pidrich thing? 
Yeah, like the Mark Fidrich thing. That was a little that that was a little weird, but but I I, I can see we both got it. We both picked Mark Fidrich to, to be uh, Fenster in uh, in uh, usual, the suspects. usual suspects last week. Right. So um, I'm going to let you start. Uh, see how you go. See what your process is, and uh, you know, pick whatever team you want. Uh, you go first. I'll go second, and then and then I'll pick a team, and I'll and I'll go first, and you go second, and we'll just go back. Okay. How about that? Some of them I, some of them I I don't think I did extraordinarily well on as far as my reasoning, mm-hmm. but w- once I got something in my head, I I, I stuck with it. <laughs> I did the same thing. Oh, did you? Oh, thank <laughs> and God. I just made up any, and I'm like, this is it. I'm picking this one. This this is it, and this, and I'm gonna make up reasons. Right. Right. Okay. Good. So, whew. so what I did. Um, is uh, is I picked uh, the Washington Nationals, and the movie okay. I picked, the movie I picked was the A Team. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, at, as you know, if you remember, uh, the Nationals were formerly the Expos, which I'm sure you know. Sure. And and the, the the Nationals were they had to get out of Montreal for so many reasons. The stadium sucked. And the, and the one time that they were, you know, 1981, they had a strike-shortened season and they lost the championship series season. And then 1994, they were the best team in baseball by far, and they canceled the season, and they just really just never recovered. And they finally got out of Montreal, and they were one of the worst teams um, under Manny Acta. Then they brought in uh, Jim Riggleman, and they were a bad team. Then they brought in Davey Johnson, and, it was, first, uh, it was first uh, Frank Robinson, right? He, he, he... Oh, Frank Robinson was with the what, he he went there after Alou. He went there to be the Expos manager, and he was the first manager when they went to Washington. So yeah, right, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, right. But but I mean, it just got worse and worse and worse, and then all of a sudden, they got the first pick in the draft, and they transferred. Stephen transferred, and then the next year. They got the first pick in the draft again, and they took Bryce Walker, and they started to, you know, win. Then they brought in Matt Williams, and things didn't get so so it didn't turn out so well. So they decided to go out, and they got Dusty Baker, you know, different manager. Mm-hmm. They over the over the years they they paid a boatload for Max Scherzer. Um, yep. They. Uh, they got they traded for Gio Gonzalez. And, they and, traded uh, for Gio Gonzalez. They um, they tra- they got uh, this pitcher named Tanner Rourke. Who Tanner Rourke, the, yeah. right? So they got him uh, years I, ago. Uh, Joe Ross. Yeah, yeah for um, Christian Guzman, they got him for years ago, and Rourke suddenly developed. And now they're the you know they're the darlings of the National League East. And the reason I picked the A team is because you love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yeah, no, I like it. So, that makes sense. Okay. And that's, that's the plan. The plan was, you know, pitching right. around Strasburg, who has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year, right. much as I hate right. to say that. Right. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Uh, right. uh, you know, in his contract year. What a douche. Um, and, you know, that was one year. And then Bryce Harper, um, you know, the following year, and, and he's. 
you know, the reigning NL MVP and clearly one of the best players, in, if not the best player in baseball. Yes. Very short list yes. of when you say best player in baseball, and Bryce Harper is right at the top of it. Yes. Yeah, and like it or not, quiet. like it or not. All right, so here's here's the movie I picked for for Washington. I'm just going to tell you what the movie is, and then I'm going to explain my reasoning uh, behind it. Uh, and it doesn't really necessarily have to do with what's happened in the past, but maybe what's going to happen. I picked the movie Titanic. Uh, <laughs> because there are these huge state-of-the-art unstoppable force. Great pitching. Uh, Scherzer's probably been their worst starter this year. Uh, uh, you know, great hitting led, led, led by uh, Bryce Harper. You look at this team, how they're playing right now, what they look like on paper, and they should be able to fucking sail from Ireland to to uh, you know to to New York, to New York, no problem. But there's an iceberg out there. <laughs> there's an iceberg out there called the New York Mets. Oh my God, this is so weird. The Mets, okay, <laughs> On their way to New York, they're going to run into this iceberg called the Mets, and it's going to sink them. And I think it has to do with, and I think that it has to do with the, with, with with the Mets, the Mets pitching, and kind of with the supporting players of Washington maybe not being as good as they're playing right now. Still think All they've right. got the best. I still think they've got the best player in the uh, in the in the National League, certainly in the National League East. I think their rotation is excellent. Not the best National League East, and the reason why I say that is because there's a big fucking ice. There's a big fucking iceberg in the North Atlantic, and it's the New York Mets. <sighs> okay, okay, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, I like Killer okay. Reese. Philly, Philly is the Muppet I movie. Say it. All right, so it's my turn to start with a team. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I'll pick my first movie, my movie, and then you can go. Okay. This is the one that I had the least fun with. Uh, I, I was looking at, at at Atlanta, and I just had this movie stuck in my head. And it's not actually a movie; it's a trilogy. Um, but I had it stuck in my head, and, and, and the reason why I had it stuck in, in in my head was because of the 1995 season. <clears throat> it's the only year that the Atlanta Braves, in their Atlanta incarnation, have won the World Series since they moved from Milwaukee. Right, correct. They're one true ring. They're precious. Oh no! Oh, this is brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at you know I was looking at their current team and and I you know it's funny when when I suggested this when I suggest when I suggested this uh oh, look at blogography oh. <laughs> when I suggested this game to you I said for example uh-huh. if say you're you're a current fan of the Atlanta Braves and you walk into the stadium and you see the crap that's out there on the field right now yeah you know do you turn around like Jack Nixon does at, at, in, in as good as it gets in 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 his, in his therapist's office and the waiting room 
turns around and he says, what if this is as good as it gets? Right. Kind of like in this moment of extreme disappointment and pessimism. And you hear like a woman just go, oh. <laughs> like almost like cry out. <laughs> oh. I was kind of thinking that that would be the perfect movie for the Braves. But since I used that as an example from when we were talking, I felt like I couldn't go with it. So then I was like looking more at them historically because I couldn't really think of anything else that describes the current team. And then I was like, the one true ring. They're precious. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's actually pretty good. <laughs> that, that's good. All right, I, so what, I, what do you got for Atlanta? When when we're done with this, I'm gonna have to I have to read you what Mr. B's list is because I think his list is actually better than my list. But um but I I'm I'm gonna run through mine. For Atlanta, when I take a look at Atlanta, I uh I don't see a lot of good. Um, I'm trying to actually, you know, think. I mean, first off, they're just awful. They, I mean, they're so bad, they willingly brought back Jeff Francoeur. That's how bad they are. Uh, He's the heart and soul of that team, man. What's that? He's the heart and soul of that team, man. Well, so when I thought of it, the the movie that came to mind was The Towering Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> And and I have Jeff Rancor <clears throat> playing the Fred Astaire role of Towering Inferno. <laughs> naturally. He's quite the dancer. <laughs> What's that? He's quite the dancer, naturally. Okay. Um I, I have I have uh, AJ Brzezinski um playing the uh the William Holden uh role <laughs> in, in the movie. Uh Freddie Freeman being Paul Newman and and uh <laughs> Okay, I mean, yeah, I've got a lot of thought in this. What's it? Uh, all right, now it's been all many, many years since I've seen The Tower of Inferno. Okay. Was O.J. Simpson in that movie? O.J. Simpson was in the movie. I was actually getting to that. He had a little cameo in the movie where he saved somebody. Right. You know, very, very briefly saved somebody. So, of course, Rodas Vizcato is O.J. Simpson. <laughs> 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 right. I mean, it, it was just, it's just bad. So and the, it's bad. And the, and the thing is, you know, and Steve McQueen is probably who's the guy who was on the MLB Network, who's now the GM, uh, uh, the guy with the Rangers GM all those years. Um, uh, he left the he left the network. John Hart. John Hart. Uh, okay. John yeah. Hart. Right. Um, it's weird. I think of John Hart. I think of uh, being on Cleveland as their GM. He, he, he's the, I don't know if he's the GM. He's the president of baseball operations there. And, and, and and when I take a look, and if you go to IMDb, they describe the Towering Inferno as, at the opening party of a colossal but poorly constructed office building, a massive fire breaks out that threatens to destroy the tower and everyone in it. I'm like, that's the Braves! <laughs> at the opening of the season, a poorly constructed team, a massive fire breaks out that destroys the, the team and everyone in it. <laughs> and they're playing... Um... They're playing in a new ballpark this year, right? Next year, they're getting a new ballpark. Next year, park. next year. Oh, next year yeah. <laughs> this thing is so bad. Yeah. So, uh, so that's who I picked for the Braves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I like I, I wanted to go with as good as it gets, but uh, but uh, but I went more historical with 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 them. So. You imagine they're opening the stadium and they're going to be uh, like, okay, so the team that's coming in is 
This is like a minor league team. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's like Miami moved into their new stadium there. Oh, God, what a joke. All right, so uh, you, you go next. Uh, pick your team and, 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 your, and your movie. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick um, Saving Private Ryan for the New York Mets. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, because if you remember, uh, the Mets for years and years and years have come close. They but they blew big leads. Yep. They didn't make the playoffs. They were gonna make the playoffs again. They blew big leads again. They made it to the World Series, and what happened? They blew big leads again. Yep. Uh, so they lost. So I had them as Saving Private Ryan. Um, in the movie because you know this is like it. You gotta go in and you gotta win now. You got you gotta do this and and this is uh, this this is our mission. This, this is, is mission. our mission, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, <clears throat> at the very end, um, the only thing I thought about is Daniel Murphy being traded away or not being signed, and sitting there in his last day saying the Tom Hanks line, "Earn this." Who do you have? Who do you have saying that? Uh, Daniel uh, Murphy. Uh, oh. Daniel Murphy, as he's uh, okay. leaving the team. Earn this. <laughs> Earn this. <laughs> right. right. So, uh, is that okay? All right. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Absolutely. I I had a I had a hard time with this because I had one movie that popped into my head immediately for the myth, and I just couldn't shake it. And I was just like, no, no, I'm not going to pick that because it's too obvious. It's too, right. it's too whatever. But uh, I just couldn't shake. Like I said, I couldn't shake it. And uh, it's Young Guns. Uh, that's, uh, oh, you know, that's brilliant. Yeah, the Brat Pack yeah. movie. Uh, you know, right, we've got, right. we've got, you know, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, right. uh, we've we've got Emilio Estevez. We've got uh, Donald Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, it was really six Sutherland. of them. It was really six of them, but uh, you know when you consider Casey size Moscow and and uh, oh god, I can't remember who played Dick. Uh, Dirty, I mean Dirty Steve was uh, he was the one from uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. Right. He ain't all there, is he? Um, <laughs> but you know, you look at that mess, and especially once Zach Wheeler comes back, Harvey, Degrom, Syndergaard. Uh, Matt and, and and Wheeler, um, <laughs> yeah. Jesse Killer Killer B throwing throwing some uh, some some, uh, some, some guesses for the yeah, for the uh, for the NL NL Central, but we're only Central, doing the right. East tonight. Right. Um, right. I I just couldn't escape it. I was like, I, you know, uh, it, and, you know, there's a lot of different stuff that happened in that movie and whatnot. Maybe doesn't really particularly apply. But just the idea of you know these young gunslingers, uh, you know, against against the establishment. Uh, <laughs> Did you shave anything for the Reds? Clifford <laughs> the big red dog. Clifford the big red dog. I'm sorry. He picked the Titanic for the Pirates, but I, you know, like I said, I already picked him. I already picked him. Yeah. So I didn't love my pick for the Mets. Uh, yeah, I, I think I liked your pick, pick a little bit better. But uh, oh, but, are, we, are we actually voting? Are we? No, no, we're vote? not voting. But like, oh, like okay. I said, we're, we're, I'm just saying I, I appreciated your pick a little, a little bit better than I, I think I went with the obvious choice. All right, let's go with um, for the next one. I'm going to pick Philadelphia. Ah, oh, damn it! I want to save that one for last. 
All right. For my next one, I'm going to, I'm going to pick uh, Miami. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So so now you're saying by 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 saving Philadelphia for last, I actually get to go last. Right, right, right. Because you're going to pick Philadelphia, you're going to tell me yours, and then I'm going to tell you mine. Yes. Yeah, All right. So, okay. So for Miami, I knew in my head that Miami was going to be a horror movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mostly because okay. of their satanic ownership. Um. I was, I, and I was also thinking of that thing in center field, that that sculpture, <laughs> right? That thing that they must sacrifice oh. virgins, virgins to. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I was, I, I was like, I was like, what the fuck can I say about Miami? You know, as an organization, you know, they, you know, they, they were the Florida Marlins. You know, they won two World Series. With with a bunch yeah. of you know uh, you know transient players and, and and then those teams were you know were were torn down the following year, uh, you know it, it almost seems like a different incarnation you know they're they're now the Miami Marlins you know they're in this 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 new Art Deco uh, crazy fucking South Beach inspired uh, 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 stadium. But with that evil thing in center field overlooking the field, and and when someone and when Gene Carlo Stanton hits a home run, it lights up greedy, ready to eat souls. I don't know. I, I just knew it was going to be a horror movie, and uh-huh. and with that and with that in mind, I picked a classic, uh, British classic, uh, cult classic movie, The Wicker Man. This this uh, this this, this giant, you know, uh, wicker man that that they, that they built. On this Scottish island, to uh, I believe it was Scottish, no, um, yeah, Scottish island, uh, where they eventually were 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 going to uh, sacrifice. I hope I'm not giving anything away here. Um, uh, Edward Woodward, who's the uh, the, the uh, <laughs> they make a movie about the Hindenburg <laughs> disaster. Did they make one? Yeah, they did. Um, but. Uh, it's all I can think of, it, you know, this this soulless, lurking god in the outfield, evil god that they must sacrifice to. The thing, as as many as many writers have have have, have dubbed it, the thing. And uh, and uh, that that that's that's what I came up with. I I gotta write that. Okay. Um. Yeah. You're you're. <laughs> Yeah, yours is much more creative than mine. What I, what I did when I saw um, the uh, the Marlins is um, I took a look at their roster, and I took a look at uh, well, they're not the worst team in baseball. They're not the best team in baseball. Sure, yeah. you know they're they're a 500 team, and they're struggling, and and they're trying. Um, and they've got some. They've got one of the best young pitchers in the game. They've got one of the best young, one of the best hitters in the game. Yes, yes. Right. Um, but they're just, they're just, they're, they're not good. And there's not a lot of guys, um, you know, that uh, that are actually well known. Sure. Like, uh, name their third, fourth, and fifth starter. I can't. I'm assuming you're not going to. Nope. Uh, and. 
and that's fine. They, 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 had, they, had, they had some guy that uh, that uh, that uh, that Mattingly took out in the uh, in the eighth inning the other night when he was pitching a no hitter. I had never heard of the fucking guy. Okay, name, Conley. Name in, Conley. What? Conley. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. The guy, guy that the guy that Adam, almost throwing Adam Conley. Adam Conley. Yeah. yeah. But name name their infield. Just go ahead. Name their infield. Can you name anything? Hey, Gordon. That's right. <laughs> so so. <laughs> it's but, but they, Hesh, uh, it's Hechefiera. Is their shortstop? Yes. Yes. Their third baseman is Martin Prado. Very good. Yes. Very good. And their yes. first baseman, I want to say. Did you hear that? Justin Bohr? Justin Bohr, right, yeah. Right. And and the second baseman is whoever it is now. Right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just not... Can you name a catcher on the team? You get the point. Yeah, so, you, uh, Real, Real Muto. He's he's, right. he's my fantasy catcher. Right. So so That's the only reason I know who he is. And then you got Kristen Yellick in the outfield. You've got... You know, all, all that fucking matters is you've got Barry Bonds as the head coach, okay? Okay. Right. Oh, look at this! Jesus, Brody just ran down the entire line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even looking at him. He's he's just showing us. He's just fucking showing us a salty catcher. It's not salty. Oh, he's on Detroit. He's yeah, on Detroit. <laughs> it's it's real real Muto is the uh, catcher for a uh, right. nice try, Brody. Nice try, Brody. But you you fucking failed there in at that last moment. But when you Sorry. think of when you think of the Marlins, who's the first thing you think of? Logan Morrison. No. Come on. <laughs> No, it's on Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, Jose Fernandez. Or John Carlos. Carlos Stanton. Stanton. Right. Yeah. So the movie I came up with was almost famous. <laughs> because, <laughs> because John Carlos Stanton is the guy at the front cover, and everybody else, well, the blurry guys in the back. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you met, you I don't know. Person? I'm just one of the blurry guys in the background. <laughs> right, right. So that's what I picked for the Miami Marlins. <laughs> almost famous. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the first one I came up with. Okay. I'm a little ashamed <laughs> of standing and then a bunch of blurry guys in the background. Fresh stand and a bunch of blurry guys in the back. Uh, Mike, oh, now here, now Brody's really showing off. He's telling us who the fourth outfielder is. Fourth outfielder. Uh, I, I just want to read off Brody's. For Washington, he had Terminator. For the Mets, he had Speed, which which I think is a great one. That's a that's a great one. The Mets for the Mets, he had what? Speed. Steve? The movie, Speed. Oh, Speed. Oh, Speed. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. a really good one. Uh, for uh, Atlanta, how, how does that work? Huh? That's the message for Speed. Because first off, the pitchers have speed. Second off, you can't slow down. Because if you slow down, you're going to blow up. You're going to okay. keep going. And then he had gone with the win for Atlanta, which I think is just brilliant. Because obviously, you know, George, you know, right? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Great one. Wow, that's damn good. I'm going to write that down. Um, so, but the movie that I had, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, when I, if you remember at the beginning of the season, when we were doing bold predictions, I, I had a, I had, you know what, it was a stupid prediction. I, I thought, the, I thought that Philadelphia was so bad. Right. I saw them at the beginning of the year. I said, is this team going to win, um, 50 games? And, 50 and, games, and right. Said, right, right. And I, and, and obviously I was wrong. You well, know? I mean, it's still, they could still tailspin, but right now they're actually let's say they're not awful. They're a mediocre right. team. Right. They're not awful. You know, the, they're the they're above five hundred. Right. Herrera is hitting fairly well. Um Miguel Franco, uh, 
Pereira, both look like they're legit. They've got some good young starters. Yes, yes, right. Carlos Ruiz is is hitting pretty well. Uh, Ruiz is hitting pretty well. Vince Velasquez, obviously something that didn't, didn't, you know, register with me. Aaron Nola didn't register with me. Uh, Jeremy Hilton. Jeremy Hilton, who's the... uh, Who's the old man of that pitching staff at what twenty seven years old? Really, 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 really didn't see this coming, and and I and, and that's what it is. However, you root for them a little bit because I you love to root for pitching, so I'm rooting for them a little bit. But in the end, you know how it's going to turn out, right? Okay. At least you know how it's going to turn out, and it's not going to turn out well. So even though you root for them and you really want them to, you know, to win, you know, at the end, no matter what, it's not going to turn out. So the movie I picked was Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So that All was right. the movie. <laughs> Cause okay. You, you know how this will end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's a huge mistake I've made in my personal life. Back in the day, a young lady I was trying to sex up, um, we decide that that we're going to stay in for the evening, so I rent a movie. And clearly, all I'm looking for in this night is just maybe watch a movie and have some sex, and, and, and that's about it. Well, the movie that I pick to watch is Philadelphia. What? A movie about AIDS. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, let's say get it on that night. Okay. Um, much to the disappointment of probably both of us, we just got. We just kind of like looked at each other after that movie, and we were just like, "Is she gonna go home now?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I think we're gonna go home now." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I, I can. That's that's a that's a good decision." Let's 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 just forget this shit ever happened, and, and try again <laughs> next time. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. that's bad. So I like that. Um, I, you know, many of the same reasons. Uh, you know, you talked about Mikel Franco and Odubel Herrera, um, Carlos Reeves coming back and and uh, you know playing well. Um, you know, they were um, they were being run by Ruben Amaro for for a while. Yeah, and. For they had a great run, um, and then they then they overpaid for their veterans. They overpaid for for Butley and and how especially Brian Howard uh, and Jimmy Rollins and and you know and then they went out and then they went you know starting pitching crazy and they and they got uh, Roy Halladay and 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 Cliff Lee and 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 they had, they had already had Cole Hamels, so you know they were. They, Roy Oswald. Remember that that fucking rotation? Oh, yeah. Jesus, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but he kind of shot his load. <laughs> Much like I did not the evening that I watched uh, Phil Lover. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, pretty much as as Amaro's tenure was, was waning, this team looked dead. This is a dead team. It's gonna be it was gonna be dead for quite a while, right? But uh-huh. no. They're back. 
They're back from the dead. The one of the dead. The one of the dead. This is this 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 is this is the beginning of Philadelphia's climb back. You know they may you know you know they may not have to. And by the way, one of the shot in the uh, state of uh, Philadelphia in, in the in the state of uh, uh, of Pennsylvania, actually uh, closer to Pittsburgh, but uh, but still Pennsylvania tie in tie in right there. Okay. Uh, um, I I couldn't be more shocked that that they're not in the cellar in uh, in, in the National League East. Yes. And uh, and uh, I'm seeing this as a as a dawn, a rebirth, a uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know the, uh, the the fucking carcasses that uh, that that Ruben Amaro left are are rising, and they're uh, and, and they're uh, they're actually doing something. Dawn of the dead. Yeah, Amaro. Um, I'm actually writing carcasses. Okay, uh, Brody wrote Muppet movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one too. Which is a good one too. Um, that's a good one too because I, honestly, if 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 Odabel Herrera or any random Muppet walked in right now, I'd probably not recognize either of them. Well, this went really, really well. I was really excited to uh, throw Philadelphia out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So, uh, all right, so this is if you think it went well. Maybe it's something that we'll do uh, now every other week uh, as we're doing, you know, we're recasting our movies uh, every other week. We can do this every other week. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe in two weeks we'll do the American League East. Can't wait to see what you, what you have to say about the Yankees. Um, okay. That's going to be difficult because there's so many I can pick. Oh yeah, I mean you know Brody said right away Empire Strikes Back, and uh, you know of course. of course that's that's one of the ones that I thought of too. But right. Uh, all right, so uh, wow, geez, this is almost two and a half hours. Can't wait to listen to this one again on the uh, on the replay, just to hear my embarrassing story about watching you know trying to get lucky while watching Philadelphia. Um, but uh, oh, Killer B also says Godfather for for, for the all all we're going to consider them all. We're going to consider them all. All right. Uh, anything you want to um, finish with tonight? Uh, well, Dave just said. Is there a movie? Blog. Dave wants to know: Is there a movie to capture the majesty, the majesty, the majesty, the majesty of the Boston Red Sox? He he highly doubts it. I think I could figure something out. Uh, I, think I, I, I think I can too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think I can. The, the the Lord of the Rings, the one true ring, that's just brilliant. I, I didn't think of that. That's that's just good. But he's gone with the wind. No, I think I'm glad we I'm glad we came up with uh with with a bunch of um a, a bunch of different ones. But uh but yeah, Dave, we're we're gonna we're gonna hit the American American League East um uh, maybe in two weeks and uh well, you know you'll you'll find out our picks for uh the Red Sox then. You'll you know, uh, you know you know mine's gonna be uh Certainly sarcastic. Here's the, the Get Six had a trivia question, which I know the answer to. I want to know if you do it before we sign off. Um, what do A. Rod, Gary Sheffield, Rusty Staub, and Ty Cobb have in common? And all hit home runs as teenagers and in their forties. There you go. Right. Yeah. Okay, I was going to go with all gay because of Rusty Staub being in there, but no, that is the correct answer. Uh, and he's your favorite player of all time. Come on, yes, don't yes, don't, don't be a hater, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, we've been talking way, way too fucking long on this Saturday night, so uh, we're out of here. 
uh, catch us in the uh, in the cornfield on justtalkingofthecornfield.com. And uh, you can find all of our links to our Twitter accounts. Uh, the Colonel, I'm sure, will have a uh, a um, recap of this fine, fine episode up shortly, uh, whether mm-hmm. tomorrow or the day after. And uh, and uh, that's about it. Say goodnight to the right. kids, Colonel. Good night. Thanks for uh, sticking around, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.